Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is Beyond the Mountains of Madness, and this is episode 20. It was written by Janice Hill and Charles Ingen, along with others who are listed in the credits. Our GM for this campaign is Sean Little, and Mick Swan will be giving the recap. The GM is ready, the players are ready. Let's begin our journey into the darkness. Mick? Thank you, Tom. <clears throat> I'm not sure how I might describe that city to you. There is no man-made structure to which I might compare its scale. All I can do is to try to impart to you some sense of its immeasurable magnitude. The ruined plaza upon which our aeroplane landed was merely one of many and dwarfed any edifice man has wrought our makeshift runway little more than a scratch on its surface. At its centre, several miles from our landing site, lay the ruins of one of the great cyclopean towers that rose at irregular intervals throughout this dark cosmopolis, and a great yawning alveolus like the socket of some dead plucked tooth that might admit us into the hidden world below. Sure enough, we found the chasm circumscribed by a spiraling pathway of sorts which led us into the tenebrous warrens below. As we descended, we noticed weird murals showing not only these elder things, but plants and trees which, as Copper and Lindenbrook confirmed, were in keeping with the city's supposed primordial origins. I was much taken with the skill with which the murals had been made and could have easily spent some time admiring them were it not for the limited air supply and, more pressingly, the tracks I observed in the snow that drifted down here. Tracks which were disturbingly similar to the queer triangular imprints we had found previously, and undeniably recent. We elected to follow this trail, and as we pressed on, Lindenbrook chose this of all occasions to bring up certain passages from the dire text, which suggested that these elder things had created the human race as a food source, surely a topic which should have been discussed in daylight prior to our descent into these Sumerian catacombs. Reaching the foot of the ramp, we discovered the remnants of several dog sleds stripped of their runners and not far away a weird five-sided mound of snow which we took at first to signify the presence of some similarly shaped object beneath. Digging into the hardly packed snow, however, we found another one of those strange star-shaped stones and, in the earth beneath it, wrapped in an old tarpaulin, the remains of a man whom we took to be Gedney, the missing expedition member. The discovery, grotesque as it was, boded well. It suggested that these creatures had somehow realized that we were sentient life forms, worthy of the consideration of burial. The notion that they might bestow upon human beings the same ritual courtesies extended to their own brought with it the possibility that we may well be able to open some channel of communication with them. I very much hope this will be the case. I don't think much of our chances otherwise, especially if this city turns out to be full of those things. By this time, our oxygen was running low and safety demanded we return to base camp. As we were leaving, Dr. Hawkes took me aside and told me that he could hear something deep in the tunnels. Some manner of hooting or piping, but without endangering the mission, there was little chance of exploring further. Back at camp, we availed ourselves of the relative comfort of the newly erected oxygen tent, and, while consuming much-needed rations, appraised Starkweather and more of our findings. 
the evening was filled with animated discussions about this new civilization, its art, its language, and how we might communicate with them. I must confess, I found something reassuringly familiar about bedding down in the oxygen tent that night, wrapped in my sleeping bag, all but my face cocooned like so many expeditions before. But whereas one might sleep like a baby anchored on the side of a sheer cliff face, this place, relatively safe terrain by comparison, fills me with a gnawing sense of dread. I've put on a brave face for the men, but I'm still quietly apprehensive, as I imagine are my fellow explorers. The following morning was bleak and windy, with a thick haze hanging over the city. After breakfasting, we prepared to return to our explorations, and I made a point of marshalling my team and keeping everything in order. I had noticed a certain laxity among the other teams, and made a conscious decision that it would not affect our party. At Coppard's request, we took extra oxygen and firearms, and made our way back into the dark abyssal reaches of the city below. In scarcely an hour, we had retraced our steps and as far as the, the abandoned dog sleds and the dark archway before them. The tunnel beyond spiralled ever downwards, its walls covered in further murals, finally leading to a hemispherical chamber, seemingly some kind of junction. From here, we prepared to continue following the tracks down the largest of the passages, when we were stopped in our own tracks by a voice beyond the archway a dreadful, inhuman ululation. Tekelili-lee! -li -li! And all at once it shambled into view, a great loathsome writhing mass of glossy polyps and grasping tendrils coming straight towards us. Covered and hawks opened fire. I have no idea if they hit it. I didn't pause to look. Like most of my companions, I turned and run with, ran with no thought but for the preservation of my own life. As I fled up the passageway, my lungs burning with effort, I could hear that glutinous abomination drawing ever closer. And I cursed my own stupidity for ever answering that stupid bloody advert in the Times. Damn this foolishness, and damn me for having involved myself in it. Thank you, Mick. Excellent. All right. I'll give you all a moment. You've had a week, but I'll give you a moment to collect your thoughts. You are heading up the ramp. The creature is barreling after you. Now, do note the bottom of the ramp, like most places in this, uh, this structure, there's a lot of debris, a lot of rocks, a lot of fallen uh, materials here and there. And uh, the creature rounds the corner, of course, and is stopped briefly by some things that you simply bypassed, but they're, they're in its way. So it, it, takes, it, it hesitates for a moment. And one thing you also notice is it's hesitating because as you enter this shaft, it's colder. And when the cold air hits it, it hesitates a touch. So you have a moment. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't like the cold. I'm, I'm not even noticing that. Um, I, don't, I don't even know that's happened. I'm just running. I'm yeah. running, but there comes a point where I'm going to quickly turn around and just blast it with uh, the shotgun. Okay. You're going to shoot? Yeah. What about others, just so I know what everybody's doing? I'm just running. Run. Run. Running. Running. Yeah. Elmer? Running. <laughs> <laughs> it's a quorum. All right. Fire odd man out. <laughs> I got a three. 
That would be a hit. What does a shotgun do? Uh, uh, well, how close am I to it when I shoot? If, if I'm running up the stairs and it's... It's held back down. 30, 40 feet away. 30 feet, say. 30 feet. Uh, so that's like medium range. Uh, I only did two points of damage. Okay. Yeah, I've got to keep note of this. Okay. okay. By the time you ask me, it's probably healed two points of damage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So everyone's running. Yes. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> five. <laughs> Gregory Coppard. It's the cackling that makes it. <laughs> All righty. Could you make an idea roll? I would love to make an idea roll. I would love to make an idea roll. I am clueless. All right. How, like, really bad? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My, my, my intelligence or idea is 55, and I rolled a 75, so... I wasn't even in the ballpark. All right. The, the only thing you noticed, you, I mean, just turning around looking quickly back, you did notice what I described earlier, that it's hit the area of rubble at the bottom of the stairway, mm -hmm. or the, the ramp, rather, and that has slowed it down as it's trying to you know, navigate through this rubble mm -hmm. that you, mm -hmm. you smaller creatures were able to run between. That's it. Cool. Is there rubble on the stairs? Um, it's not stairs, but the ramp. There is rubble everywhere. Um, so, and it's it's not impassable, but there's certainly lots of rubble. It might slow it down, but it shouldn't really slow us down. Well, right. I was I was thinking that you know there's if there's a couple of blocks or rocks about this big, they're going to be. Are you going cold. to throw one? Well, they're going to be ice cold. Yeah, I'm going to throw one at the thing. All right, you go on, baby Bubba. I just want to check its movement rate. Oof. Okay. Um, all right, uh, it, it's it's manip moving its way through, so it's almost through the rubble at the bottom. So yes, you can have a toss of a rock. All right, I'll throw the rock at it. Okay. And uh, I got an 80, 86. Yeah, I don't think that hit. Uh, no, or like a girl. <laughs> it's a you're in combat. You're running. I mean, it's it's a slippery yeah. spot. All right, yeah, so uh, probably screaming like a girl too. At this point. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody is. <laughs> Let's just say the rock bounced off of a wall. I mean, it, it may have glanced it because it's such a large thing um, relative to you, but it didn't do any damage or anything like that. But um, you do notice that as the rock hits it, it shies away a bit. So it is uh, it is affected by it, but not in a you know, physical way. Right. Hey, we could throw snowballs at it. There you go. <laughs> All right, so everyone is still running. Um, yeah, okay. we're, we're trying to get Definitely up to the running. surface. Yep. Well, you, it did take a while to get down here, and you, you are carting things, and you have oxygen with you and such, so it's not uh, not the easiest uh, thing in the world. I would disagree. We have, we have an unknown creature of giant size. <laughs> That's a good incentive. This is probably the easiest thing we've ever done. I have another idea. If I look up, 
is there any place where there's like a bunch of icicles that are hanging down that I could shoot and they would come crashing down on the thing? Ah, well, then you don't have to make an idea roll because that's what I was thinking Gregory might have come up with. Yes, you look hey, above and the, the overhanging archway, the, the, the ramp rather, underneath the ramp, there are definitely icicles. There is um, snow, there's chunks of rock, okay. some of it bound up in the ice. Yeah, absolutely. So your, as soon your shotgun as, would be perfect for that. As soon as I get to a point where I think the creature's right underneath that, I'm going to shoot at it. As long as we're not right underneath it. Nope. Well, I'm just checking movement rates right now, comparing you guys to uh, to it. I'm and I would eight. say that uh, uh, under normal well. circumstances, yeah, I, under normal circumstances, it would overtake you on a flat route, but it's going up a hill. Well, you're also going up a hill, but there's rubble and debris. So it is gaining on you, but only slightly, only ever so slightly. So you're able to keep the distance between you as you run. But when you stop, you are allowing it to get closer. But I, yes, you certainly have some time. So please, uh, take a shot. Come on, good roll. 45. What's my shooting? Uh, my shooting is 30. Mm. But it's like... And those massive luck points. It has to be in the direction. <laughs> and please... Well, it's in the general... Yeah. And Shoot please, the don't let... I shoot, but I say, shoot the ice, shoot the ice. And Dr. Lindenburg, please don't let it get to you that you're standing in the room by yourself and the rest of the party. <laughs> 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 don't let that get to you. Well, by now, ice. you guys are a, a distance around, and he's he's back, but he is yelling to you, shoot the ice, shoot the ice. All right, I'll take a shot as well. <clears throat> yeah, you, you can you get what he's, what he's pointing at. You, you understand yeah. what he's recommending. So go for it. Okay, firearms. Oish. Oh, all right, I'll shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna do much. It's just a luger. Yeah, that's what I'm carrying. Oh, a, I'm carrying a critical a though. I rolled a damn three. Nice. <laughs> I impaled an icicle. <laughs> okay. What you got, you got you, Gregory? Uh, I made it. Let me roll yeah. for damage. One d ten plus two. 9, 10, 11. 11 points of damage. Okay, well, it's it's more that you succeeded than the actual amount of damage you oh, do. Okay. So, actually, in both cases, um, in one case, a large, giant icicle, uh, bigger than two men in, in length, falls, lands, it's it's more it's to the to its side, not directly on top of it by any means, and where you would think the head might be, but it's definitely somewhat impales it, but more slams into it and bursts, and pieces of ice appear to be jammed into it. Uh, the next one, uh, the next shot, I think, is the one with the luger. It doesn't just dislodge an icicle; it actually dislodges, uh, like I said, there's some of the rock embedded in the ice, so it's ice and a rock comes down and hits it straight on top of its head, well, where the head should be. Yeah. So yes, a significant amount of damage. It it staggers back as much you can see, like a shambling mound of whatever staggering, uh, and it uh, it it it's dis dis disjointed for a moment. It stops, and then it continues to pursue slightly, you know, faster. But it but it is stopped for a round of, of 
I think we should continue shooting, and if we could drop some ice in its path, I wonder if it would hesitate to go over it. Let's go over it. It is oh. avoiding the ice, as you know, like where the big chunk of ice lands yeah. beside yeah. it, it moves around it. It does not like the cold. It's almost like we could seal it in, so to speak, or if we could get enough ice in the path. I guess keep on shooting. Yeah, see if we can find well, a strategic you... position where mm -hmm. we could bring a big load if of you, it down you on continue top. continue running up, it's, it's, it's not evenly spaced, but if you, if you run for a, another round, it will match your speed for the most part. It's gaining on you a bit, but there's certainly another big area where there's icicles cracking that have come through the crack in the, the ramp and mm -hmm. another big chunk hanging above it. Okay. So you'll all have to try again. All right. all right, I'm shooting. I made mine. Uh, I got an 06. I got a 16. Oh, I got a 15. Oh, damn. Did I? Well, now yes. we know what we're doing, yeah. Yes! The second impale! Barely, but I impaled it twice now! Keep those right. dice warm. Bed. Come on, That's the bed. third one. No, I'm going to fail I'm gonna fail on an important roll now. Yeah, I was yeah. say, impaling on a pile of rocks is not exactly uh... <laughs> an ice dagger. Ice dagger. All right, well, it is definitely, it's injured. It's uh, hesitating again, but it is moving forward still. It's It's... It's not, it's not, you know, incapacitated, but it's certainly heavily damaged now. But I also assume that as we get closer to the surface, it's going to get colder and colder, and it might either slow down or hesitate. It is slowing down, but you are literally, you've made one rotation of the ramp. Okay. Okay. Well, one more time, folks. Sure. Once more into the breach. Then um, we need I to get samples so that we can grow one for ourselves in the lab. I didn't make mine, so y'all keep on firing. Uh, ooh, 80. Nope, didn't make that 20, shot. 22 out of 60. Okay. 33 out of 45. I there made you it. Go. Okay, so there's two. Okay. It is heavily damaged now. Um, it's it's screeching and bellowing and making that noise, that tactically noise sound again. And uh, could someone make a listen? I will. Twelve. No. No, I didn't make it. Okay. Um, oh, yes. 49 out of 60. Yes. Okay. Elmer, do you want to try as well? Yeah, I've been running all the time, so I'm probably... <laughs> oh, you're still running. Okay. <laughs> it's like in the cartoons where you just see a, a cloud of dust behind him. Like Fred Flintstone's leg. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Um, you hear something from down below, mm -hmm. distant, mm -hmm. another hooting sound. Oh, good. So, you know, so we know there's more than one. Mm -hmm. I knew it. And I'll just kind of holler that to the group, but I'm, we're just going to keep on running, I think. Okay. Well, it is heavily damaged, but it's still moving towards you. But it is, you are getting, it is getting colder because you're getting closer to the surface, and it, it is hesitating, but it's still moving. And so are we. An estimate on the size? On the size of it? Yeah. Wasn't it like a Volkswagen or something like that? Didn't we say it was the size yeah. of a car? It's the size of a large car, yes. Okay. 
I have a size value, but I haven't uh, converted it to. But not the not the size described in the book, which was the size of a bus. No, no. Maybe this the one that we just place. heard is the size of a bus. Right. This could be a right. younger, this could be a small one. Yeah, yeah. This could be a, a <clears throat> juvenile. All right. It is. It is now within again thirty feet of you. Again, it's 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 still moving. Um, it is gaining because it does have a faster rate of movement than you. Mm-hmm. But it is definitely injured. So. Okay. I'd say you have one more attempt before it is upon you. All right. Mm-hmm. I'll keep on. I'll take another shot. Oh, no. Oh, 88. No. Oh, go on then. Oops. Oh, I hit it. There you go. I've missed. Mm, One out of five. Okay. Elmer's still running. (laughs) He's saving his bullets for later. A very wise man. I think his name was Gandalf. Said, run, you fools. Nigel, was it you that made the, or was it was Mick that made the the roll? It was Nigel. It was no, Nigel. It. Could you make a luck roll, please? Come on, make the luck roll. <laughs> I made it. I mean, it's not stellar, but I made it. Okay, so you did shoot. You dislodge a chunk of ice with some rock and rubble in it again. It comes down, glancing blow. The creature slides off to the side of the ramp and begins to slide down a bit. And as it begins to slide down, another chunk of the ramp itself comes free. The ice was actually holding part of it together and falls down and crushes it. And it is, it, it is no more. I killed a, a whatever. <laughs> Samples. I wonder how we can mount that on a trophy. Mount that as a trophy. Huh. Put it, you put it in a jar. Uh, yeah, but we heard something bigger coming. Yeah. We'll, take, we'll save it for the taxidermist. <laughs> Here's a big question. How much of the ramp fell? Are we going to still be able to go up the ramp? It was behind uh, us. It was behind us. It was down the ramp. Oh, no, no. The, the ramp that fell, when you shot up to hit ice to fall down on the creature, oh. a piece of the ramp was dislodged above you. Oh. Now, oh. Captain Sugden can take a look. Um, and he can tell quickly by looking at it. He looks at it and says, "Oh, we can get across that. It's about oh, eight. we can get across that. There you can go. we get across that before that thing comes? Whatever is coming down from down below. Mm-hmm. The leaving. Keep on running and live to fight another day. I'll get my rope. So, so you, so you have the creature thirty feet away, crushed, oozing, okay. bleeding out. Whatever it does, like ichor coming out of it, ichor." Uh, you do still hear another noise in the distance down below. You don't see anything, and it seems fairly distant, but you do hear it. Um, that's it. So, you... Well, I, I'm going to head up to the gap. And oh, he's, he's frozen. Yeah, yeah, Elmer's almost to it. Yeah. And I yeah. think we need to kind of keep a sharp eye as we're running up because we don't know if there's some up on the surface. I would highly doubt it, but because of the cold. But Albert's yeah. probably on the other side of the gap. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep my eyes down below because I want to see if something's coming. Mm-hmm. Something bigger and faster. Well, I'm I'm going to make my way across the gap so I can um, try and put in a few uh, holds and things. 
Good. Okay. Run a rope across so that I can get the others across. When you get there, you see that if you put a few cramp crampons, is that the thing? Whatever. You put the things in the wall and the cracks, mm -hmm. and you can run a rope across. And close to the edge of the wall, it is possible for people to shimmy across there and keep their feet on some of the material that's still stuck through the wall. So you can you can make it passable for people. Still have to make a roll, but yes. It is. Okay, you chaps, get ready. You're going to have to do some shimmying, and I think there's a bit up there where you might need to do the Watusi. <laughs> All right. What 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 roll do we need to pass? Is this just a dex roll? No, oh, just a dex roll. Yeah, just a dex, not a climbing roll, nothing like that. Oh, yeah, five. <laughs> I got six. Six Shit. out of sixty. I failed it. Uh, well, you're doing this. You have to go across one at a time. So, uh, Doctor Lindenbrook's going across. So, um, I would assume that Captain Suggin is there to assist people. So, yes, every, everyone's go, everyone's going across on ropes. Mm -hmm. So as six, I'm six as I'm plummeting to my death, I say, "Don't go on without me. Come and help me." <laughs> well, I, I, well, Captain Suggins assisting. That's that's my point. So he's right. the climbing expert. So well, I I very much almost fall to my death. Well, he can still make it. Has to make a roll to save you. <laughs> you wibble and wobble a little bit. Would that, hey, would that be, would that be a, climb, a climb roll or a dex roll? Uh, whichever is better. Whichever. Is I almost better. I almost had a critical failure. I rolled a ninety three. Oh, my, oh. my climb is eighty. And I rolled 78. Mm. So well, it's, it's an exciting moment as I just suddenly just managed to grab your arm just as you're going over the edge. Ah! In, in, like true, in true like, adventuring fashion. <laughs> Mission Impossible movies where you just catch the fingertips as he goes over the edge. Yeah. All right. And uh, so, Nigel, you'll have, you've failed yours as well. So um, uh, let's just assume that Dr. Lindenbrook and Captain Sugger are on the other side now, and they are... Uh, there to help you. So, if one of you could make a dex roll or a climbing roll, whichever is better. Oh, 20. Yeah. No okay. You, you, you grab his arm. You, you manage to get him across. So, you're all across on the other side. Um, if you want, you don't have to make a listen roll because you, you do hear the creature, uh, this new creature again, but it doesn't seem any closer. It seems like it's inside the archway at the bottom, but uh, hasn't progressed into. The bottom area of the of the shaft. Okay. God, maybe it can't fit through. Can I, can I go to the edge and look down just to see if I can see anything? Oh, of course. Yep. You, you don't see anything. I don't you, see you anything. Don't. Is it the same sound as the previous creature? Mm-hmm. The same sound, yes. You don't notice if it's any louder or larger sounding. Is it? Does it sound bigger? I mean, you know, we're hearing it slide, no. slither. No. No, it, it sounds it sounds just the same. Oh, the poor thing is yelling, Johnny, come home, it's dinner time. Oops. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> Somebody stop and take a picture real quick. <laughs> it's a good time for a photo a photo opportunity. <laughs> take just take a selfie no, with the What? The picture of me changing my though. underwear? <laughs> I want to go get a sample. Well, you didn't mess up. <laughs> you go ahead. I'm keep. I'm just. I'm following Elmer's lead on this one. Actually, scientifically, I probably. 
you guys keep an eye out. Make sure that there's nothing. Uh, how, how far back down would I have to go to get a sample? Too far, right? Like the 40 bottom? feet. Oof. Like, really, you're just past the... You're, you were 30 feet away when the thing... Well, actually, no, I'm sorry. Flattered. You'd have to go one rotation all the way down and then 40 feet. So it's a, it's a little bit of distance. Yeah, no. I'm too chicken. <laughs> all right. All right. Look, we've, we've, we've used up a lot of air with all that running. We, we need to start. All right, let's go back and tell everybody what we saw. Should we? Yes, we should. So. Might, there might be more of them. I think we well, should come back with dynamite. I think we need to find another tunnel to explore. Hmm? I think this expedition is officially over with. <laughs> Let's just oh. get on the boats and go back home. We can't just let... Why, it, 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 for all intents and purposes, this is a crazy wild animal. Let's just mm-hmm. get rid of the crazy wild animal like we would do in Africa. So we can march forward. Have you seen the size of this city? I mean, how many of those things do you think are down there? I don't know. Well, well, I think it's two, is it? I mean, you've got to, you've got to have a breeding population at the very least for them to have survived all this time, millions of years. Well, I don't know. I imagine that if something like that could breed, then they might, the they planet might would have been like amoebas. Who knows? The, the, the planet would have been overrun by them a long time ago. They don't like the cold, do they? Can't well, there's lots of warmer city. places, and we don't find them anywhere else. So I don't know. I, I from all the murals, it looks like that the elder things were here by the millions, but maybe there were a, maybe there was a limited number of those. Those those were just their tools that built the city. Maybe we could run into some elder things in another location. That would be at least more interesting. <laughs> I have my sketches. Keep running. Keep your feet moving. (laughs) Yes, we're discussing. Exactly. I'm like, are y'all talking while you're running? I make it to the surface. Yeah, we're walking at at this point. We're maintaining what's known as conversational pace. (laughs) All right. So we're going back up to the surface. Yes. Mm -hmm. However. Guess what, Oya? Now that you're calmed down a bit, it hits you, and everyone has to do sanity rolls. Oh. My sanity is manifesting itself in a different way. I want to make them into cats. Oh, yeah. 97, baby. And I I failed. I I will, too. I want to tame them. 67 out of uh, 54. I got That's 67 out of 56. I had a critical <laughs> fail. <laughs> I got Has anyone fail. actually passed? <laughs> I got 84 out of 60. Oh, my. Ooh. All right. <laughs> We've not taken this anyone one well. <laughs> Clearly. Anyone who fails, you have known these things existed in discussions and things you've read. You've already seen elder things alive. But you have to, if you fail, one die four, please. Right. Oh. Four. Three. 
four. And you get a plus one, don't you, for a critical? Is that not how it's... Um... Ooh, a four. That's I don't know. Awesome. Jeff's our master. How <laughs> is it? Critical plus, how does it go with a critical, Jeff? You just take max sanity loss. So if it's a 1d4, okay, that's you, four, then. you take four. All right. Okay. Two, three, four. Can I ask... Um, now, how does how does this work? Because I I was under the impression that you get five Cthulhu mythos for the first time you see a mythos entity. Um, does that still work with a Shoggoth? Is it is it that you get that for knowing that they're real, or or, or is it because you know or you only get that with intelligent entities that pass on some sort of knowledge or something? Jeff. The fact I would say the fact that you saw, well, that like so in my case, I've read the Necronomicon, so I know mm -hmm. what Shoggoths are, and now I've seen one for real. That should be a serious mm -hmm. confirmation of something that, <laughs> you know. I think I a five know. makes sense for that, for sure. Go ahead, well, every, It says the first time that you see a Mythos creature, you gain five experience. So you'd have gotten the five uh, expertise points in Cthulhu Mythos back when we saw the Elder Things. But does it compound each time you see another? It does not creature? specify that. It says the first time. Should you have to roll to see if you gain? Anything? I was I was just wondering because this this thing was actually alive. Yeah, that's right. what I was saying. That's that's what. what it's a little more than seeing a body that you're trying to identify. What is this? It's a creature. It's dead. It could be something up from the sea that froze. But now right. you've actually seen a shoggoth. It's like holy. This thing is like a moving, living, wanting to kill and eat you thing. And the city, too. Mm -hmm. The city, too. Yeah. Well, I, definitely a five, I think, makes sense and is valid and for Cthulhu Mythos for seeing a Shoggoth and surviving and, <laughs> and all that. Oh, I ex wait a moment. I have to see what happened to our good friend. Let me look up his stat. That is also a fail. All right. Our friend is, all, is, is in a slight bad way, Gregory Coppin. He's, uh, I wouldn't say he's delusional, but he, he's, he has seen some things in his life, but this has really put him into a, a situation of being a little bit uh, rougher than uh, the rest of you. I wouldn't say he's ranting, but uh, you, you do feel you need to get him up top fairly quickly. Can I try... Oh, I don't really have psychology or psychoanalysis. Oh, never mind. I was going to see if I could talk to him because I know what he's going through. But I don't really have anything to roll. So, so if anyone's Actually, curious, you know what? I do have psychology if you want to. I can. If anyone's curious, the first time you see a Cthulhu Mythos monster, you, take, you get an automatic 5% Cthulhu. Mm -hmm. it, it does stack after that. So if you see another one, you do. But it's not automatic 5%. You then do your roll for your skill check. Okay. That's what I thought. Something like that. Okay. So everyone got a 5 for seeing the... And then now that you've seen a Shoggoth, you do a skill check. and. Right. Now I did a skill check because I already had 8%. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now I got yeah. 12%. Great. How, how much do we roll um, if we've made the skill check? Uh, I think it's just the normal skill check, five. so 10%. You, you roll your 1d10, I think. Well, don't you roll Don't you roll to see if you pass? Yeah, you, you roll to see if you pass, so you have to get over your... Yep. 
No, I did the other one. Yeah, you rolled one D10 to add to it. And then you roll a D10 to add to it. Ooh! And then don't forget to subtract it from your max. Right. Five four. My, my goodness me. Nine Cthulhu. Very knowledgeable people now. I got 12 Cthulhu Mythos. I'm on the fast track to insanity. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm afraid my character's become a little mercantile. You really... There's got to be some way we can exploit these things, too. <laughs> Spoken like a good American. <laughs> well, look at their civilization. Just imagine what we could do if we could train them to build cities for us. Or turn wow. this into a hotel. Yeah, but I don't really see that working out. I mean, you know, it's like, okay, so you hire them, but it then worked, you're going to be insane before long. It worked out for them for a million years. What, if, what if we could? What if we could train them to play musical instruments? I'm sure they could. Oops. Each one could be an entire band. It's true. As I was saying this weekend, I had my car washed, and as I was going through, I kept thinking, you know, Shoggoth could do this really well. Shoggoth wash. Wouldn't it leave smears on the windscreen? No, no, no. It would. It would scour every last piece of dirt off your car, <laughs> internally and externally. And then you just get like you know unemployed shoggoths hanging around at, at um, <laughs> traffic lights, <laughs> squirting dirty water all over the front, putting pseudopods out with pseudo hats, looking for coins, bag of oranges, offering various sexual services to those who are interested. You know? <laughs> oh, I've only I've only got I've only got the money for the toll booth, mate. I've only got the money for the toll booth, and they're just going tickly, 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 tickly. I've only got the toll booth, funny. Look, I've got two fifty for the toll booth. <laughs> God, I hate shoggoths. <laughs> Shoggoth lives matter, man. All right. Okay, so you've taken your samples. The creature's slowly melding to the floor as it gets colder. Um, you're heading up, and uh, Gregory Coppin is a little bit rough, worse for wear. So um, I would he's assume you make he's, he's my bunk. Mate, oh, sorry, so I'll, I'll try to, you know, steady him. <laughs> well, you're, it's not a hazardous walk upwards. I mean, there's, you, you know what to expect from going up. You get to the surface, you're 150 meters away from the aircraft, and you, well, no, it's a little farther than that, but you, you know where to go. There's no, uh, no weather issues. Uh, you do see in the distance at the camp area, the building where the, the oxygen tents are and such, someone is escorting um, Mr. Moore into the doorway, like with their arm around him, and like, it looks like a blanket over top of him. So... Hmm. You'll have to catch up, and, uh, and you pass by the aircraft on your way. You get inside, and you see Dr. Green is there, and he's saying to uh, Mr. Moore, uh, you can't, you, you, you need to sit down. And you see his face is blotched in red. His hands are, are covered in bandages. They're taking the covers off. And, you look, and Dr. Green looks at you and says, he didn't listen. He was so excited at the prospect of, of exploring on his own. He went out without proper equipment, and he needs to stay inside now because he has frostbite, and uh, that he, he can't go back out again for, for a, a good while. 
and he's ranting. He doesn't want to. He wants to. He wants to see more. But he's seen so many things. Um, right. He's just yeah. But. Um. Hmm. I did tell you how important it was to to follow safety protocols. <laughs> Frostbite's it's not, it's not, a, it's not a game. Low temperatures. It's not a game. People don't realize. I'm missing a few. Do you want me to take a look at them? Well, you can assist Dr. Green. Yes. Yeah, of course. Actually, and also uh, Gregory, too. So, you know, would you like me to make a medicine check just to see if I can help? Sure. So they passed a 44 to the 61. Okay. You, you can, you know what to do based on, you know, your, your knowledge of the training you've received and just general basic uh, medical knowledge. So you can, you can certainly assist in um, getting him bandaged up and you know what to do to uh, make him feel better. Okay. It's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. His toes fall off. Hopefully it didn't get that bad, but he's going to have frost frost burns that are going to really hurt. Now, no, you notice today there's no wind. Just uh, just something that uh, the wind is gone, and uh, it, it had been bothering bothersome when you left. So now it's it's actually a, a much nicer day. I think this really hasn't come up before, but there are quite a few other scientists in our team, aren't there? Hmm. There are some people, some geologists, and other people who are with you. It's not you don't have a large team right now, right? Oh, that's right, because some of them are still back at the other camp. Um, that's right. A lot of them were with Alicia, Acacia, Lexington, which we still don't know where she's at. Yeah, that's true. We don't know if they crashed or if they they somehow went the other direction or around the around missed the city entirely. Um. Can we, uh, you know, Mr. Moore is ill. Um, I, I think, you know, it's frostbite. He's probably being bandaged up. Um, can we go in and talk to him about what happened? Oh, he's, he's perfectly lucid. Yeah, he's, he's like, it's like someone who's been out in the wind and he shouldn't have been. So he's perfectly lucid. He's not unconscious. Well, first, like first I'm going to put uh, Gregory to bed because he's... He seems to be mentally shaken by what he's seen. Um, he's not talking. He's not responding. So I do that. And then uh, um, does somebody want to come with me to, to doc, talk to more about what happened? I'll, I'll, I'll come with you. I'm keen to know what he encountered. That way we so, can be prepared for the terrain. Uh, Mr. Moore, we sit down in his tent. Uh, we have something to tell you. Yes, yes. What did you find? You've He's rubbing his hands. You've you've read the manuscript. Yes, of course. Um, we, of course, have been finding a great deal of uh, artwork, murals, and so forth. And as we got to the bottom of um, the tower, at least what we figured that the bottom of the tower is, uh, following a spiral ramp on the way down. Yes. We were assaulted by what, for all intents and purposes, a Shawgoth. A Shawgoth. A small one. I mean, it's not the size of a bus, but definitely the size of a, a, a Ford Model T. 
and oh my. Uh, it it was quite hostile. We fired a number of shots into it, which seemed to have absolutely no effect. The thing is, for more or less, it's a gigantic amoeba. Uh, the bullets just uh, penetrated, but had no effect. It simply flowed back. It, it simply closed the wood, the wounds. We scattered. We ran up the ramp, and the thing pursued us. And we had the brilliant idea to shoot at the overhanging ice, uh, icicles and stuff like that. And it brought down a large chunk of ice and squished the damn thing. My God. So we know, we know they can be killed. That they, we know they exist, first of all. Which would assume that we know that these things built this city around us for the elder things mm-hmm. but we know that they can be killed if they're just animals i think that that we should consider that if we could somehow domesticate them imagine the things they could do oh my for us. it's a, they're they're pretty disturbing to look at they change shape and they're covered in eyes and 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 body parts and things and they change constantly but aside from their alarming appearance the obvious advantages of a creature that built this civilization for the elder things is i mean man has domesticated a lot of creatures along the lines elephants but how, how do you domesticate something that that regards us as food we don't know that it's intelligent at all well I'm sure that dogs at one point considered us as food too. And we, we managed to do that. So did cats. Did you get any tissue samples? I did. No, I didn't. Oh, Yes, you did. Did I? Did you know? No, you didn't. I thought, no, because you said it was too far back down the ramp. Ah, yes. And, I'm sorry. and, and we could hear something else down there. So we're, we're sure that there's others down there. So I think we need to proceed. No, we don't need to run away. I think we just need to proceed with caution. It seemed to not like the cold. But I would like a sample of that to bring back. I would, I, I would too. But um, the other thing is, since we know that a concussion will kill it, then we also know that dynamite would work on it. We have uh, dynamite. Any, any sort of concussive force would, mm-hmm. would kill it. We did bring a small box of dynamite. We didn't want to tell everybody, but we do have a box. It has long fuses, and its purpose was in case we had to uh, break our way through mm-hmm. mountainous pass or something, something blocking our way. So we do have some. But well, uh, yes, I would, I would definitely like to get a sample to bring back. I guess we are at heart adventurers, so there is, there is considerable risk, but there's also a, a considerable possibility for profit and i don't just need money i mean oh intellectual profit as well i mean if our university had something like this to show the world they would come to us for for these kinds of things for these kinds of expeditions knowledge gathering sykes he calls out to sykes and sykes says he says bring me that that bring me that piece that we brought back and sykes brings back a a chunk of a mosaic, not well, not a mosaic, like a, a wall art, piece of all wall, piece of plaster pulled off a wall. 
and you can see on it elder things as you've seen them so far and what looks like a shoggoth he goes you're telling me this is what you what you destroyed today i'm, yes. I'm going to turn away i don't particularly want to see that yes it's most amazing yes we need a sample we need a sample and i uh, i would have rather have not killed it i would have rather contained it somehow but uh it seemed quite hostile like a wild animal you can't capture a lion in a sack and you probably can't capture one of those with anything we have with us no my guess is too that it's not limited by such silly things as walls and ceilings it can it can flow up and move um in our case we just got lucky that it was cold it didn't seem to like the cold it didn't hmm. seem to be able to quite distinguish when there was when there was rubble and things in its path that right. it hesitated and moved slowly around them before it continued to pursue us hmm. so i'm not sure that it knows the difference between us and a rock but that's that could be to our advantage that is good it okay may have been react simply to our movement you know well i approve of a safe short expedition to gather a sample of this creature if you think it is safe to do what do you think captain sugden is it is it safe with your experience climbing and such well i i'm, I'm sure when, if it comes to to dynamite i'm sure i don't have to tell you the obvious risks of using explosives that far underground um yes my concern is i mean yes i'd, I'd agree that the, the the explosives would give us an opportunity to to potentially injure these things if they if they attacked us, but um, I sh think we should be under no uh, no misconceptions when it comes to the the, the the business of trying to block them in. If these things built the city, and anything we did to try and um, keep them in in one area, bringing down a cavern or something, they'll just rebuild their way through it. Surely, I mean they 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 built the entire city. Yeah, they'll. They so would we're not going to be able to contain them. The most the most we can do is just, if we could just find some way of scaring them off. But obviously that would that would indicate a basic level of intelligence just to. Well, right. animals animals will run away in fear from things. We didn't have any any way to test whether fire was dangerous to it, um, since we didn't really have any fire. But uh, my guess is it's a bi biological entity like any other biological entity, and fire is a danger to anything. Um, I think that it's not, except perhaps to retrieve a sample, I think that we should explore elsewhere. There's a huge city around us. Well, how, how long would it take to get back down to just where the one you killed was? Um, less than an hour. Yes. Maybe two of us could go very carefully and quietly. I'd rather, I'd rather keep uh, keep it keep it as, as as low as possible because we need to get over that um, captain that broken section. You want to? Oh, I forgot about that. We did bring down part of the roof and it broke part of the the ramp. There's issues of noise as well. The more people we take down there, the more noise we're going to make. The more attention we'll we'll draw to us if we could just sneak down there. Perhaps Captain Sugden and I can redo can retrieve that. Um, 
I'd certainly be interested in taking a stick of dynamite with us. At the very least, we might Absolutely. be able to see how it reacts to Absolutely. the dynamite. A single, single stick of dynamite going off in that chamber would be like a pop gun to... Uh, the chamber's ginormous. Oh, can't use that word in the 1920s. Gigantic. <laughs> Gignatorious. Mm. Bloody huge. <laughs> um, but it would definitely, if we tossed one right into the into the, the path of one of those things and it went off underneath it, my guess is physics is physics. Well, at the very least, it would take a few minutes for it to recover, which would make the difference between us clearing that gap or not. Hmm. I think it's worth the risk. Every second counts. And well, if hopefully, we, if we don't, if we don't go all the way down to the bottom where we heard the other one, hopefully right. we won't attract its attention. Um, unless, of course, it's gone. Well, if we keep, we have to keep our our eyes open for signs of intelligence as well. We don't know whether the shockoffs are intelligent or not. So far, they seem to be just beasts. But um, and the fact that they may have murdered their masters doesn't necessarily mean intelligence. A dog will turn on its master if the master is abusive to it. In fact, it may be extinctual. It seems odd that they, they murdered the elder things that came here just recently because if they wiped out the elder things 600 million years ago, I'm surprised that any of them have any recollection of what a, an elder thing is, unless they're immortal. It could simply be that they've that it's instinctual. Anything that comes in there is food. I mean, after all, in an environment like this, where where would their next meal come from? They have to they have to feed whenever they feel. I mean, we, we don't even know what they eat. I mean, they, the, the manuscript mentions large penguins, but I didn't see any penguins. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, do you want to do that in about, uh, I think we need probably an hour. We need to get something to eat and replenish our oxygen. Well, it is it is new, close to noon. You need to replenish your oxygen and you need to eat and rest. So um, you certainly got Well, it's, a, it's a two-hour round trip at the most. Right. We just want to be straight in and straight out. Not just literally just go in, get your samples, and come straight back out again. We don't want to spend even a minute more than we have to down there. Right. And if the creatures have set dangerous. a trap for us, then we know they're intelligent. Yes, that'll that'll be some uh, some solace hmm. in our last moments, as we dissolve in the center of a shock off. <laughs> right. All right. So, if the two of you are going, what what is everyone else planning on doing after lunch, or what would you like to do? I guess it's hanging around. Where do we all want to go? What are our options? Well, I have provided you already with an overview of the general area. The people who have explored have, uh, these are, it's within a two mile to three mile radius. Near the plaza, uh, that little dot there where my cursor is, is where your, essentially your base is. Your aircraft are about here, and the, the place you went down below is there. Okay. So there are various points of interest that have the other people who've explored Mr. Starkweather and others uh, 
they're represented by dots. Um, I know that you've already uh, numbered them yourselves uh, for simplicity's sake. Uh, you'll see that just for reference, that is the way to the pass that's in this general direction, and that is the dried riverbed that seems to go down that way into the ground at some point, it seems. Uh, so yes, um, so please take a look at your uh, at the map uh, as well as the one I gave you, and you can tell me a, what, what you would like to look at, and uh, I can certainly tell you what the description is based on the notes that have come back from others. Sean, I was actually going to ask ask Dr. Lindenbrook if you wanted me to come along so I can get the sample, um, actually help with that as well. So sure, if if you're willing to risk it, you are a doctor. Yeah, um, yeah. You know what? Um, I have no problem coming along and helping. You know, so we can get this done once and right, and and that's it. <laughs> All right. Bring some uh, some sample jars or whatever we need to bring. Yeah. Well, it's, it's for my bag. to think of. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, when it comes to the, the scientific side, I, I, I'd rather defer to someone who knows what they're doing. We, that way, uh, I can just concentrate on getting you down and getting you back up. If we are, we're going to try and get some tissue. If there is tissue, if the thing is composed of like a, like an amoeba, it may be mostly 99.9% .9 liquid. In which case, it's just soaked in by now or frozen. But we'll see what we can find. Maybe there's some sort of the equivalent of mitochondria or something in there. DNA. All right. So, oh, wait, do we even know what DNA is yet? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I think it was seen. I don't know that it was actually something that was identified as what it was yet. Uh, Let's assume the three of you. Is anyone else uh, going on the trek back down below or no? I'm willing to explore if Nigel's up for it. I'll hang out with Elmer. Want to go see what number five is? Sure. Start with the closest ones. All right, let me see who that is. All right. Well, as the others are preparing your wandering off, since you have a closer closer distance to travel, I will tell you. Uh, based on the descriptions that have come back from the, uh, the others, uh, they say that, uh, that that is an area that there's some strange statues that are carved out of the rock of the foothills. Um, they look like pylons, or as they call different things, pylons in England. Um, like obelisks to a point. Obelisks, yep. But they're carved. Uh, they're they're quite uh, quite high and quite interesting looking from a distance. They didn't uh, the person who saw them didn't quite approach them, so it's certainly that you could uh, go see. And uh, and uh, Mr. Professor Moore reminds you if you're going to be wandering off. Um, you could take Sykes with you if you'd like, and he could bring the camera. Yeah, definitely. So you guys are heading off there, and the others um, heading down below. I'll make that one very simple for you. Uh, you enter the pit. You have your flashlights. You maybe brought oxygen with you. The trek down is completely uneventful. Because of the cold, um, you assume 
Um, you don't see any sign of anything else, but you do see the Shoggoth that you killed is still under the, the debris. And it is, for the most part, freezing, beginning to freeze. So it hasn't liquefied and vanished yet. Um, can we then take samples of the more substantial parts of it, you know? And, okay. uh, and if there are any organs that it has formed, like eyeballs or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say the same thing, like maybe if we could bring back, we are, you know, we are doctors here. Um, sure, I'm sure we should take some samples, you know, almost like an autopsy. Right. Well, various parts yeah. of it that we can, yeah. but we're going to be as, we, we didn't bring a ton of yeah. collection stuff, but. Um, see if we can figure out what it's made out of. You, you absolutely have mason jar things. Even yeah. if they're not medical, you're able to hobble together something to put things in that is relatively you know, sturdy enough to, to survive the trip back. There are certainly eyeballs, like eyes. There are certainly um, within the, the gelatinous shapes. You can see things that look like proto proto organs that uh, really don't seem to be attached. It's just lots of little things you can put in jars. So that's that's what we do. But we're also keeping an eye out over the edge to make sure that there's nothing down below coming up at us. I'm very definitely doing that while they're taking samples. Yes. Throughout the entire operation, you do not hear anything apart from the occasional bit of rock falling or. Uh, ice breaking off from your previous activities. It's, it's almost too quiet around here. I guess we should leave ASAP. Um, start hearing music playing, then we're in trouble. <laughs> Bit of trivia. They did know in the 1800s that DNA existed. They didn't know that DNA carried inherited traits wow. until 57. Huh. So they didn't know what it was for before that. All right, so we get our samples as quickly as possible, making as little noise as possible. It's actually a little faster than you expected. It's probably about a 90-minute return trip because you've been there, you knew what you were doing, and uh, sample collection takes only 15 minutes. Or so you're, you're back within the two hours you're projecting, all-inclusive. I would so like very much to look at some of this through a microscope. Mm -hmm. Did anyone bring one? Oh, I'm sure medical scientists would have had. I don't know. You know I thought that one was brought on the trip. That's why I asked what everybody was bringing. I'm not <laughs> sure that we would have brought it on the airplane with us. No. That's true. There's definitely one. Back at the other camp. Say back up the yeah. ship. No, well, the ship as well, but the camp, you definitely have one camp. Okay, Elmer and Nigel. Uh, when you arrive, carved to the rock foothills as described, um, there's these colossal pylons, these things, these strange shapes. And, um, oh, so I'm sorry, sorry. Rewind just a tad. Uh, and uh, you see those, and they are... 20 yards across at the widest part, 100 yards high. The sides are deeply eroded in uh, channels and 
things over the years have just worn away some of the original design that had been put on them. The foot parts are barely distinguishable from the mountainside, from the rock which they were carved out of. Um, but you do notice that the heads, the star-shaped heads, because these are these are uh, carvings of elder things, um, the heads are torn off and smashed on the ground down below. Uh, it's almost as if you look at it, it's like something went up and tore those off and threw them down and smashed them. Interesting. Maybe a Shagath Rebellion, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that comes to mind. It's it's sort of like you think of uh, previous uh, um, uh, stories of rebellions in other countries where, like, statues have been torn down of, of the previous rulers and such. Mm-hmm. All right, but you have time to wander around a bit more, if you wish, before they return. Do they have, like, symbols on them? What's that? Do they have... You sorry? Said, do they have symbols, you said, on the carved? All completely worn away, uh, mm-hmm. eroded, um, over because they're exposed to the elements. Hmm. It's, it's, it's very old. I mean, these look like extremely old statues. Can we walk around them, or are they, like, built into the rock? They're built into the rock. They're built from the rock. And you have time to wander more. So. Yeah, check out something else. Did, did you mean wander around the pylons, or did you mean wander in general? You you have time. They're going to be they're 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 going to be two hours. Their their return trip from down below, and that's literally this this object is within walking distance of where you were. Okay. Uh, you want to move on to number twenty six. We'll stick close to the plaza until everyone gets back, maybe. All right, let me find out what you're looking at here. Just uh, the one just the north of five. Mm-hmm. Could you make a spot hidden while we're while you're walking? Both of you. By the way, that that riverbed is that's on the surface then, right? That's not below. That's true. Yeah. I made it. Uh, as did I. Okay. Um, as you're walking away from the rubble, uh, you notice there's something underneath one of the star-shaped busted headpieces. And you look closely, there's a handful of these strange pentagonal-shaped, uh, three inches across, half-inch thick, uh, like a little shallow dent in the center of each flat side about four ounces. Um, some are larger than others, but uh, there's very fine d- dot patterns on them. Uh, they resemble those stones found at the lake camp. Um, they just, uh, yeah, I've got mine. Can we can we pull them out and like look, mm. you know, compare them side by side? Yep, they're very similar. These ones are a little larger. Larger. Uh, okay. Some of them are slightly larger. Uh, the, one or two are the same size as the ones you found. So these, uh, there's like a pile of these underneath the uh, the broken head. Hmm. Take one. Yeah, I'll take one. Okay. All right. So you were going off to what you said was twenty six, correct? Yes, twenty six north. All right. 
Well, north well, I mean. Yes, yes. Uh, all right, as you, you wander off, um, there's like a, a building, and you can see within the doorway of the building uh, towards, towards the eastern edge of this area. There's a, you look inside, and you're, you're walking by flashing lights, and the one thing that they noted was this building was, uh, it was, there's, there's no, there's no ice, like the ice is worn as if travel has been made into the building over time. And as you look, you look inside the door, we flash your light, and there's like a five by five square passageway that goes down into the ground. So maybe we just want another entrance. Hmm. You want to go down? Or you want to wait? We can run. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's just two of us. We can run if something comes up. So yeah, let's go on. Is it steep? It's about a thirty or? degree angle. It's, it's it's not super steep, but it's thirty degrees, so it's like that. And it's a ramp, not steps, right? It's a ramp. It's carved like from the beginning out of solid rock. Like as you notice that the, the building obviously was constructed from rocks and such and whatever they use, but this is cut into the rock straight down. And uh, you look inside, uh, you walk down inside, it's very unremarkable. There's no carvings in the walls or anything like that. Um, it goes from this solid uh, granite rock or whatever it happens to be and becomes like layered limestone with numerous like natural cave or cave type openings. All of a sudden it's, it's now a cave type opening rather than a, a cut opening. And it mm -hmm. continues down. Keep going. You don't okay. hear any uh, flute noises or click leaking? You, you don't, no, but as you, um, as you keep going down, uh, you see that there's there's little cave passages wandering off, and these seem to be worn by water, like water-created caves in the limestone from natural weathering. Uh, if you, as you keep going, um, you do note that it, it is dark, so uh, you, your flashlights absolutely have to be used after a little while. And um, it's it's dark. It's not like the the spiral tunnel that you went down where there was light that was actually coming in from above. It's actually extremely dark. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a long haul to go down this. It's, it just continues and continues. Nothing like how far, how long do you want to keep going? You've got oxygen for about two hours. Where do you think, Bango? Sure, why not? Let's be let's be brave and explore. We could, like you said, we could always run. <laughs> okay. You shine your light ahead. You can see that it just continues and continues. Uh, you get, I'm assuming you're going to keep walking to, yeah, I see you have two hours of air. You get an hour down, and uh, you notice you're at the point where you go, we got to turn around because, you know, we've, we've reached this point where you, there's a point of no return. The air's warmer. Like, you can feel warmth on your face from the air. And you can smell organic smells like like moss like uh, mud mm. that kind of smell and um could did you either of you have natural world i do make a roll perfect make a oh i made it 
one? Uh, no, 95. Okay, Jeff, you just, no, sorry, Elmer. Elmer, you just know that you smelled this somewhere before. You smelled it in New York City. Hmm. You smelled this strange smell, and you, you can't quite place it. However, Nigel, you know right away, it's guano. This is the smell of bird crap. <laughs> you've been on southern islands. You've been on places before where the seagulls are there, like, nesting and that. That's what you're smelling. Well, we haven't seen any birds. No, you haven't. Interesting. Hmm. Well, we'll have to come back down here because we're going to have to turn around before. Um... Yeah, you're getting to the point where you're going to have to turn around. I, you know what? Out of curiosity, though, um, if it's getting warmer down here, does that also mean that, that we could probably breathe without the oxygen tanks? Good point. If there's uh, organic material, maybe it's creating oxygen. It's worth a try, right? It also has to do with the altitude you're at, too. Well, I just thought, it, you know, you go up above a certain altitude, and there's less oxygen there. But also, you don't see trees on Mount Everest. You know, if you get into a place where there's actually organic, is this creating oxygen in a small little area? I'll try it. I'll take my mask off. Try to breathe. Okay. Well, you take the you take the mask off, and you're definitely the altitude is lower, so the pressure has increased. So, like the part part of the problem with being up on a mountain, of course, is the air pressure is the air is thin because it's a ball, and you're farther up in the ball of the atmosphere. But you're down farther, and you absolutely can breathe better because when you're switching out your tanks, you do, you know, you notice, oh crap, there's no air. Switch, put the tank back, your mouthpiece back in. But uh, yes, you can. You, you don't think you'd like to be doing anything very, exerting yourself very much, but uh, you, you could, in a situation, you know, under certain circumstances, breathe fairly well, but not perfectly here. Hmm. Good idea you have there. Question is, do we want to risk moving on? Because if we have to turn around and run, that's going to be difficult. Yeah. Now we should probably get the guys. We don't um, see anything or hear anything at this point either, right? Because if it's like just right around the corner. Sean? He freeze. Guys muted. No, sorry, I clicked mute. I didn't mean to. Um, you, you can uh, make a listen, please. <clears throat> oh yes, oh seven. I beat you. Got an oh four. Hey, that's still, still a critical. <laughs> mm-hmm. In the distance, you can hear the occasional sound and you have to listen very different you have very difficult to hear it's water dripping and then as you listen you can hear a strange little 
just a kind of noise. Very distant, echoing. Don't think I want to risk it with the oxygen. Now, and the farther we go down, the easier it should be to breathe. The more we're in this bubble of oxygen. Right. So let's go back and get the guys. I mean. Yeah. The whole time we've been going a continual 30 degree grade, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're pretty yep. far down. It's a continuous, um, you can, I mean, you, a surveyor, you could do the estimation. You're probably about now about a mile, mile down. Estimate about a mile. Okay. All right. You guys are heading back. I would assume you, you know, yeah. you have to. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, no issues. You, you head back. It's, it's very quiet. Just the sound of your boots. Um, so Dr. Lindenbrook, by now you have returned with your samples and, uh, you're back yes. and yes. you are, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I go talk to, talk to, uh, more, show them what we have samples of this stuff. Oh, he's fascinated. He's just, it seems to be some sort of protoplasmic substance. This is amazing. This is utterly amazing. Um, Oh, by time time check, it's about three o'clock by now. Um, wow, this is this is just the most amazing thing I've ever seen. He's he's turning it, and he looks at it, and it, it's warm. He's warming it in his hands. He says, "Um, I wonder, Doctor Hawk, Doctor Green, this kind of a creature, an amoeba type creature, as Shoggoth as this is, do you think crushing its body?" will kill it, or do you think we need to <clears throat> keep this sample frozen? Um, I would suggest keeping it frozen, I think. I think crushing it might destroy it. If, if only to keep it fresh so that we can study it later. Um, from my understanding of biology, uh, a, a creature like an amoeba, they have a they have a the equivalent of a skin and i think that this this blunt force trauma ruptured that whatever it is um they have to have some way to contain their internal whatever whatever process this is i just so it, i'm not yeah. a medical doctor i just don't i just want to make sure that we're not bringing something back that won't stain the confines of its container hmm yeah, let's just make sure it stays frozen. Excellent. That's what those. That's what the refrigerators were for. Okay. Well, we'll have to put it outside in a, in a corner of the outdoors where it's cold. I did a quick sketch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it was like. <laughs> that goes in the logbook for this for the records. <laughs> All right, you are back. You're discussing, you're showing to me. He's very excited about this. And as you're talking about it, having your coffee and sitting in the oxygen tents and relaxing, in walks Elmer and Nigel. Ah, oh, Elmer and Nigel. 
Oh, you guys are going to love what we found. You know, I think that we're going to hear that a lot on this adventure. <laughs> what did you find? We found bird droppings. Mm. We found oxygen. Oxygen. And we found another entrance into the underground lair. Well, my guess is there's hundreds of those, but uh, um, you say oxygen. Uh, how do you know there was oxygen? Elmer took off his face mask. Mm -hmm. It's warm. It's warm, and there's organic material growing down there. Well, I think that we already suspected there might be some sort of warm ocean or uh, underground sea. Um, it's it's kind of illustrated in the murals that we saw. Um, that's interesting. It's interesting that you found that. And oxygen, you say. So there's, there must be some sort of biological process going on there. Were you able to just walk down there? Was it intact? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's pretty clear. Oh. And birds, we, we, we were expecting at some point to see large penguins. So I would expect it to salvation. We did hear something make a noise, like maybe a small animal, or but it was too uh, too faint to make it out. Mm. Well, that sounds like uh, like an interesting exploration. Somebody told me that you were looking at some some sort of sculptures on a wall. Yeah, large pylons mm. sculpted to look like the outer things. Their heads were removed. Mm, that's consistent with the, the some of the the rebellion. Uh, we'll call it that. We're starting to put piece together the, these things' history. Um, wow. Well, what time is it now? Three o'clock. Well, we brought back samples of the Shoggoth. Um, interesting biological. Well, we, we don't have anything to examine the structure though under a microscope, so we'll have to wait until we get back to the other camp or or back to the ship. We should have some way to, re to, to, to deliver things to the ship. Is that possible? Well, it's a long flight on the aircraft. I have a question. If the aircraft was on the ship, what did it fly? Did it launch from the ship? No, it was boxed up. You had remember in the uh, the, the sub decks. Remember when the engines were rolling around? They were the uh, wings right. were off of it. And then they assembled it on the. They made a a, a landing strip near the ship. Yep. They actually they mm -hmm. used a crane and lifted the pieces out. And then we flew from there to the lake camp. Mm -hmm. No, we moved from there. The ice well, shelf was breaking up. We moved from yeah, there to the the first camp. The first camp and then flew to the lake camp, yes. We'll call that the Moore camp. Moore camp. And then from Moore camp to lake camp. Okay. Right. And then can I ask somebody, camp. can I ask anybody real quick, the the noise we heard, the tilikili, what, what do we think was making that noise? Was that coming from the Shoggoth? 
Yeah, wasn't it when it attacked us? Mm hmm Yes. Yep. We heard it coming from the Shoga when it... Yes, yes. it was. Yes, you did. Okay. You are 100% sure it came from that creature. Okay. My theory is that it is actually the sound of the Elder Things, and the Shoggoth was using it to lure them in. Probably it's saying something like, Oh, welcome home. We're here to greet you. Barbecue's going. Well, I mentioned it because it's on that very first page of the Dyer book. And it talks about the pale white birds that flew and their scream of the eternal Taliqali. That's that's actually um, the, the Edgar Allan Poe text. Um, I this was Dyer's text. It makes sense, though. If they've been down there for millions of years mm -hmm. and they're, they're, they're only going to be able to repeat something they've been hearing for all that time, so it's probably either a degradation of something they repeated millions of years ago or it's the sound of some animal call or something equally degraded over time. Like a mimic. Hmm. There's a there's a few things biologically when we when we dissected the elder things that we can sort of guess at. Um, it seems to have had rather large tentacle structures on its base with with some sort of a pseudopod. So that's probably its locomotion, which would explain why it's all ramps. We keep encountering ramps everywhere. Um, the thing dragged itself along. Um, on, on its head, it has five stalks with eyes. It has five smaller stalks that end in kind of sucker mouths with teeth. And then on the top of it, there seem to be these horn-like structures, or not, not horns, but cones, which could be some sort of an organ of making noise or or listening, that's hard to tell whether it's a noise-making thing or a, a nose or, or some way of sampling the air. But my guess is it makes some sort of a piping noise. That's their, their communication. Oh, I see. I see. Right. Sorry, I was, uh, for a moment I was thinking you meant something like a, a melon. Okay. A melon? Yeah, like, like dolphins have. Oh, you mean here on the forehead? Hmm. Yeah. No, I mean more like a horn, as in a, a trumpet. Oh, like a trumpet. Sorry, it seems right. to have uh, little trumpets on the top of its head. Um, at least, I mean, they could be ears or noses, but they might not even have uh, senses in, in any sense that we think of as senses. Quite. It's, it's hard. And then I, I was baffled by the 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 multi multiple uh, tentacle structure on uh, around the thing, but I guess they served as fingers, some sort of ability to manipulate extremely delicate things. Um, I don't know who did the painting, but I doubt that the Shoggoths did. I think that it was probably the elder things. The detail oh, yeah. is amazing. 
you 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 would imagine that the the we're 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 assessing their appendages in terms of manipulating right our artifacts where right. whereas they would have had a whole um coterie of, of devices and artifacts and and things of their own to manipulate well that's something that to I... those appendages correct that's actually something that I've been wondering about because we've we've actually seen quite a bit now just in this one area and I don't see any kind of technology. I see buildings. Hmm. I see elder I see the little star stones, but so far we haven't seen any kind of mechanism. We saw a grave, but no no digging implements. Yeah. Now, maybe all of their mechanisms, all of their implements, are the Shoggoths. You don't need hammers and nails when you've got a Shoggoth who can simply reproduce any tool that you need, use it, and then absor reabsorb it. But I would have liked to have seen some sort of medical or some sort of technology here, you know. So far, it's just empty rooms. Very much so, yes. With lovely paintings on the walls. And lots Maybe, of dots. And lots of dots, which apparently is their language. I think we could figure out what it says. Perhaps we could learn more about Hmm. Well... We need to get somebody who can do pattern analysis and cryptography, and hopefully we can find something that might, might correspond. Since they do so many murals, it's very likely that somewhere they've got these murals with labels on them. You know what I mean? Oh, Dr. Moore pikes up. He says, I've seen in many of these buildings murals on the floor level, like mm -hmm. on ground level inside the building, so in my wandering. You know, if if they show a if they show a Shoggoth, and we continually see the same pattern of dots, then maybe that pattern of dots means Shoggoth, and so forth. It would, it would take a team of people to to decipher it all. It might take ten or fifteen years, but I think that it's probably decipherable. Um. Hmm. Imagine the knowledge that's contained in it. That's why I say if we ever encounter these actual living things, the things that they could teach us are well worth the risk, scientifically. Well, D Dr. Moore pipes up. He says, we've taken photographs of almost all the murals we've seen. So when we get those developed, you could certainly take that information back and to try so and try to do some deductions yourself. I'd welcome that. I think that you should consider too, with the wealth of knowledge that we've gained already, that we should consider sending someone back with this information as soon as possible. Send them back to the Miskatonic University. I mean, it's a long trip back, but... We need to secure the information. So, you know, if we're all killed in this, forgive me for saying so, but if we're all killed, 
Oh, we're in the no, same position as Lake's team that nobody will ever know what's up here until the next position, next people come. No, no, I, I fully understand and agree. No, we, we need to. But we do also have limited oxygen, so we won't be staying here forever, perhaps, when we get back to the camp. We can make a send someone back with some of the initial information to transmit it. As, uh, perhaps there's another ship passing by. We could, uh, we, could, we, will, we could certainly work on that. Oh. At least get it back to the ship. Mm -hmm. So what, what do you guys wish to do now? You guys want to go explore that other cave? Um, the I'm other curious. entrance? I'm curious to see what you were talking about. How is our how is our oxygen supply? We're not going to use it all up on the first day, are we? No, you have you have sufficient oxygen for your explorations. However, uh, it is noted that um, the that you are going to be heading back probably after tomorrow. Okay. Well, to be perfectly honest and realistic. We've gone up and down that ramp now twice, and we fought off a Shoggoth. I'm kind of exhausted. You know, I think we're probably all kind of exhausted. Yes, if, if, if I was going to do any exploring, I'd, I'd prefer to do it tomorrow in the... Uh, yeah, at least get four day. or five hours of rest. Yes. Well, it is only three o'clock. I mean, bear, bear in mind that there's, there's, a, there's a limit on how much you can do in these conditions as well. I mean, right. Considering also that, you know, despite the fact that, like you say, it's only three o'clock, our clocks have kind of reset themselves. We <laughs> rest when we need to, and then it's still daylight when you wake up. That's true. You do have the ability to rest and then get up at seven o'clock at night and still go exploring. Because mm -hmm. mm. it's still daylight. Yes. Well, well you, you tell me what you'd like to do. I think I'd like to do that. Rest. I've got to go check on Gregory. All right. Okay. Um, Elmer, Nigel, Dr. Hawks, what are you... Uh... I guess if the party wants to rest, then I guess we'll rest. Okay. Yeah, sure. I'm going to go back and ch check on Gregory with Dr. Dr. Lindenbrook. I was going to say maybe bring him some you know, sedatives, check him over and stuff. So. He's well, he's shaken up. He's pretty shaken up. He's certainly, um, he's, he's slightly back to his normal self. Um, he just, he says, I've seen things around the world. I've seen things in Tibet. I've seen things in the, the, the islands that I've traveled to. I never expected to see something like that. I've read about them, but it's just, it just shook me, shook me to my core. It's, it's, Can I try a psychology roll on him? If you wish. What are you trying to do with it, though? Um, I want to try to common. He let him know that what he saw was real, but he has to, you know, he has to not like overreact about it. I'm just going to try to do whatever doctor, doctor thing sure. I can. I don't kind of feel some Yes. So. One. Wow. That's. Did you fail miserably, and now he's insane? I I will apologize to Gregory. Um, <laughs> out of game. Out of, <laughs> wow. That's all. Okay, my psychology is 40, and I rolled a 97. Huh. It's like, what are you talking about? What have you done? What do you mean? So you, you started it off by saying, don't worry about the fact that you might die. 
tomorrow. <laughs> There's more important things we could die of, like lack of oxygen or windstorms or planes crashing. You just set them off. Or that, or that you might find yourself staring into the multiple eyeballs of a gigantic <laughs> mouth that's about to eat you. <laughs> Don't think about that. The piping of Azathoth. <laughs> just look at this pretty Saturday. picture. Yeah. Just done a void comp test on him, and he's definitely not human. Show me on this doll where the Shoggoth offended you. It's just upset. Have a whiskey with this and the answer is, of course, here and 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 here. Well, he's no better. <laughs> nice doctoring. <laughs> but that, well, let's let's just say he's 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 not he's not worse. He's just not better. How is that? <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna get five hours of sleep at least. Sure. Okay. You'll have to do it in shifts because, of course, the attempts. Well, you can have three and three. So actually, you could all rest because nobody else is resting right now. Okay. Anybody wants to rest can rest. Oddly enough, I sleep really well. I dream of shagas. The food, I mean, the, you're woken up by the smell of food because, of course, the food smells do emanate and they, they do permeate things. But uh, uh, they, they do actually save some food for you. So, you know, is anyone, does anyone not wish to rest? That's the question I have. Yeah, I'm torn. But if, so what's the intent? After you're resting, then we're heading back down? Yeah, I want to go see what you guys were looking at. Yeah, you know what? I'm too excited. I don't want to rest. Okay. I'm going to head to number six. All right. By yourself? Well, yeah. These are all above ground things. We're here to investigate. We're, I'm not. You know, You're a surveyor. Sleep my day away while the. The day lasts 24 hours. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Number six. Okay. Uh, uh, you, you, you walk, actually, in number six. Oh, okay, edge, sorry. I guess. Sorry, I just got confused because the pictures were similar. Um, there's a star-shaped ruin nearby, and uh, as you approach that, Oh, actually, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking at the wrong number because I'm, I'm comparing my numbers to your numbers. There is no star-shaped ruin that you know of. Okay. Ignore that. Do not look behind the curtain at <laughs> the man. Uh, ah, I said that's quite interesting. Um, after time, you came across a row of these windows and bulges. Uh, of this five-sided cone of undamaged apex. Uh, it's, uh, it's a well-preserved um, room inside a chamber. Sorry, there's a chamber inside. You have to look through the windows. You can see there's this large chamber inside. Uh, you don't actually see a doorway, um, but one of the windows is actually broken. Um, you stick your head in, and it's this huge chamber and uh, a peaked ceiling with a curved, rounded ceiling. Um, there's interior beams that are huge and heavy. Uh, they, they curve gracefully upward. Um, to, to like arch, like this is different construction than what you've seen so far to date. This is suspenseful. This is amazing. D decorative construction, sorry. 
You hear me? You friends, yeah. you just said this is decorative construction. Decorative, okay. Okay. Yeah, the, the best description you have you can come up with looking at it is it's a concert hall. That's like exactly what it looks like to you. Hmm. Um, said beams, as in wooden beams. Wooden beams. So there's now trees up here. Um, can I fit through the window? Uh I, I, I'm going to assume you brought a bit of rope with you. Um, you're able to sort of tie something off to something and, and find a way up and down. So yeah, you're able to get through the window. Oh, I thought I was like just like shoulder height window. I thought I was just peeking in the window like this. Oh, it, it's it's about, it's about like you know you have to peek up. I mean, remember these are these creatures are taller than you. Ah. But you're able to pile some things up and get up, tie a rope off to something nearby so that you can lower yourself down because. You don't know how deep it is inside. Okay. Um, you get inside. Uh, there's walkways. There is. Um, it looks like there might have been areas where the creature stood at one time to, for whatever purpose. Uh, there's, however, there's bands all around the inside of the walls uh, that look like they're all pictures. And uh, one band shows scenes of the surrounding city as it might have looked like ages ago. Uh, great towers are gone, um, crumbled away, but in some places, sorry, in some of the bands and others, uh, you see brand new buildings rebuilt in new forms uh, from what you see right now. Uh, another band depicts elder things in great numbers, all of them outdoors. Some show them flying, others show them standing on sloping expanses of stone. Uh, they've all got their wings outstretched and these arms raised in identical gestures. Uh, it looks like they're either praying or performing. That's what it seems like. And there's another third band uh, filled with images of elder things doing various things. Um, it just, yes. Uh, pictures are overlaid with like deep circular cuts and angular lines. Part of the design. Um, you don't know the significance of them though. But there's one panel in each band in the middle of the western wall completely blank. Is it removed or is it just not finished? You're not sure. It, it, it's it's just completely blank. There's no no markings whatsoever. No paint or not paint, whatever they use to mark up the wall. You said they're kind of doing like mundane daily type things. Mm -hmm. or is it, it's hard for me to tell that. It's hard for you to tell what they're doing, but they seem to be like the group of them will be standing together. One would be picking something up in its hands. Another one, it's manipulating something, but you can't tell what it's manipulating. It just seems to be like the equivalent would be a Norman Rockwell painting of a, you know, a downtown market or something like that. Interesting. I, I, I kind of get the sense it might be a religious thing almost, but I'm not, not entirely sure. Now, there is a, a pathway that leads down into a lower level. Um, do I hear anything? Make a listen. Oh, 98. You don't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cautiously go down to the lower level. 
in the lower level. Um, it's a broad chamber, nearly square. Uh, but um, when you enter it, uh, there's several deep channels for some reason in the ground. You don't know what they what purpose they serve. Uh, there's another ceiling that's arched as well, shaped like a half cylinder laying its side. Uh, it's almost like it's carved out of the rock rather than constructed. There's six broad bands of murals wrapping the room again. Uh, above them, the carvings continue to cover the rest of the ceiling above you, which didn't happen in the previous room. Uh, these are more detailed, better quality drawings. Uh, you, you can see things about the, you actually, you can figure out just by looking at it. Um, we'll make it, make an intelligence roll just to make sure you can, you, you fully understand it. Uh, yes, 40. Not, not quite a hard. Okay. Good enough. Um, you can see the history in general of the saga, of the, of the other things. You can see them arriving at Earth long, long ago. Uh, you can see them living, them having the Shoggoths as slaves doing work for them. And then you see drawing, uh, paintings or whatever these are of the war against the Shoggoths and the rebel Shoggoths fighting against them and both sides dying, like many of them. I get a sense of, I know I want to wear this. Are these, you know the old saying, uh, history is written by the victors? Mm -hmm. Are these drawings portraying the elder things as being bad or negative or dominant? Like you're, t you're talking about the Chagas as if they were slaves. Like uh, I'm trying to picture who created the art. Is it the elder things or the Chagas? If you took a guess, you'd say... It looks like the shock uh, the shock the older things created this, and it looks as if they're very factual. There's there's no opinion in this. This is just a history, and it shows the war. It shows both sides dying. It doesn't show any purpose behind the war or reasons. It just shows a rebellion of sorts, destruction and death. You you also see maps of Antarctica, uh, but strangely enough, they don't quite look like Antarctica now. Maps of the globe of the Earth, uh, you being a surveyor, you appreciate them. It's not quite modern. There's, strangely enough, with the continents squished together, it's, it's very odd. It shows them drifting apart. It's like there's multiple pictures of the Earth that are what you see to be globe. One almost modern, then all the way back to one giant land mass. Wow. So generally what you get out of this is the elder things came to Earth, before there was, before it was the earth you know today. And it just seems like they're implying that they were very instrumental in everything that happened since that time on earth. But then there was a rebellion and they were knocked down and out of, uh, out of, out of dominion, out of uh, being in charge of things. Is it showing the elder things as being killed or the Shagas or both? It shows both. And if I, but not completely obvious, not everybody. Yeah. And if I look at them closely, could I determine like how they were killed? The Shoggoths are shown as attacking, just enveloping the Elder Things. Okay. 
So no, no uh, weapons of any kind. Ah, uh, you don't see weapons, no. How did they arrive on Earth? Spaceships? Flying through space. It oh, appears no that ships. it shows them flying through space. Oh. No ships. Okay. It could it could be artistic representation of it. You don't know. But it does seem like they're just flying to Earth. All right. I'll uh, check the time. If it's getting late, I'll head back. It's been a few hours. Yeah, I kind of feel like I would get lost down here because with the maps and everything, I would be looking at that really interested. Mm -hmm. You wish you brought a camera. Yeah. Where's Sykes when you need him? <laughs> All right, you're back. It's it's about the three-hour mark, so you're just about out of oxygen. You took one tank with you. You got a little bit left, but um, one extra tank, but um, you haven't okay. used it all. I'll kind of like rattle the oxygen tanks to make a lot of noise to like, everybody get up. <laughs> All right, so you've been uh, three hours into your sleep. Um, a few of you hear some rattling tank noises outside and someone <clears throat> rattling their keys. And... <laughs> oh, sorry, did I wake you up? <laughs> well, it's in the wardrobe. What? What? Beavers and ducks. Beavers and ducks. <laughs> What's up? You guys still resting? Oh, yeah. Are you still what's, asleep? You sleeping? Oh my god, what the hell? Oh, dogs and cats living together. What's going on? Let's go, let's go. Don't you ever rest? You know what? The city's been here for 600 million years. Ain't going anywhere. All right. What did you find? Uh, some sort of a chamber with lots of pictures. It was really interesting. You found a chamber with a bunch of pictures. Ooh, wow. We found a lot of those already. <laughs> did you take pictures? It's the first ones I've seen. They were all the murals were all down our down the walkway when we were walking. Um, was it far away? No, no, it's right over on the edge of the cliff. Is it in the same direction as the other place? Uh, kind of a little bit farther than that, yep. Oh, well, I've rested enough. Is everybody else awake? Yeah, I'm not getting back to sleep now. So. All right, wake let's now. go. Let's go see what we can find. You I guys think it's the best way to do things up here anyway. Work a bit, sleep a bit. Yeah. Works for me. Sleep in your bed. I dreamed that uh, that old Henry Ford had replaced all of his workers with Shoggoths. <laughs> and they were churning out like a car a second. <laughs> All right, show us, you guys lead the way, because we don't know where you guys went. Hey, Sean, I meant to ask you a quick question. Sure. If I look real closely at these buildings and these uh, pylons or whatever, do I get a sense how they were created? Were they, like, do I see tool marks at all, or are they completely, well, the pylons would be completely smooth, but. Because that's carved. Um, in some cases, things are carved from rocks. 
you don't really see tool marks, um, but you don't see signs that anything was melted, anything like that. Uh, definitely things have been sheared and cut. Um, <clears throat> I suppose if you look very closely, you probably could see tool marks, but the quality of the workmanship is very good. Um, there are different eras represented. There are some really great, spectacular buildings that are elaborate, or at least they were at one time. And there's other ones that look like a Fred Flintstone house, like a rock with a hole in the side and a flat rock on top of a roof. So it's been, a, the city has, in your opinion, been here so long that some buildings have lasted an extremely long time and just look like ancient kind of primitive buildings. And other ones were more elaborate when they were constructed. But no signs of tool marks, um, no particular, no, no screws, no nails, just yeah. rock. Okay. I'm a little puzzled by that. Well, it's been 600 million years of, of erosion. Mm -hmm. um, actually, to add to the question, some of the, 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 the stuff that we've seen, especially inside the building where it's been protected from the weather, would you say that their craftsmanship is like done with extreme delicacy? You know, very delicate touch. Well, things are, there are delicate areas like the, the markings, the, the dot marks on the wall. Um, some of the, the shutters, the petrified wood shutters you've encountered, things like that. Other things are very blunt. Um, you know, slapped together fairly quickly, like a rock put on, put piled on top of another rock, and some kind of a cementing rock mixture between it to hold it together. But there is some, there is evidence of some delicate, uh, delicate work. Sometimes it's on top of the rough work. Hmm. Well, let's go. Let's go. All right. Where are you going? Double up on your oxygen. 26. 26. Heading down. The same place you were before or going down ground, underground? We're going Sorry. underground. We're going down to where we were, oh. where we heard the noises. All right. Okay. So what I will tell you is I will speed it up a tad for you. Um, you go down, and uh, it's the same as before. It's a 30-degree ramp. Everyone that's going down, you are just going down, 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 down. And at, at some point, uh, <clears throat> the people who haven't been down before are asking, this is it, this is, this is exactly what you saw, just this path going all the way down, because it does seem to go on forever. <clears throat> and you, after a long, a long walk, you do actually, uh, you notice that there's like a, you do, it starts to get warm. You start to smell that organic smell. Everybody smells it. And as you walk farther and farther, um, there's a, it opens up. There's this huge open area. And when you get to this huge open area, you, uh, you walk very quietly. You can hear thousands of bird noises off past this ledge that you're not like not yet at oh and 
these are like strange bird noises. These aren't gulls. This is some strange, creepy noise. And um, you, I'm assuming everyone's being quiet. I assume you're not bashing things and such. Uh, there's a ledge opening it out over and out over the dark. There's this wafting heat that comes up like a humid. There's little wisps of, of mist and such. And you look down several. 700 feet below, like 700 feet. This is a, this is quite a huge ledge, or high up ledge. There are beaches. There are teeming penguin rookeries, white penguins below. Hundreds of thousands of birds can be heard. Hmm. And the air is thick with the smell of penguins and j just above freezing where you are. Uh, it's, it's, it's awe-inspiring. It's just massive cavern and there's water and there are islands in the water and there are penguins, and you are just shocked to see gigantic man-sized white penguins. Is there a light down here? There is some luminescence in from the, uh, the moss on the walls and some of the growths and mold and such, but uh, enough for you to see what's going on down below. Okay. Wow. Well, there's your penguins then. Well, who saw it first, the ocean, the, the underground sea? I'm just asking everybody because we can name it. I like the sound of the Lindenbrook Sea. <laughs> <laughs> the Nigel Sea. That would be your last name, the Brixton Sea. The, the Sugden Sea doesn't sound particularly poetic. Does it? <laughs> no, it sounds kind of okay. Well, we'll debate that. Maybe it's the Moor Sea, the Starkweather Moor Sea. <laughs> the wide Sugden Stark Sea. What, the Sugden Sea? I'm going to say just call it Elmer's Bay. <laughs> Elmer's Bay. Elmer's Bay. I like that one. <laughs> um, wow, so at least we know do we see anything else besides penguins? No. Well, everyone could make a spot hidden. If there's penguins, there must be fish. If there's penguins, there may be shovels. Oh my god, I'm really so bad tonight. 91. Jesus, I actually passed. I got an 18. 18? Another 50. Is that a... That's a good one. Okay. I, pa I that's passed. A, that's a hard, but it's not an extreme. Okay. No, I you really fell bad. 92. Okay. Th th those who fail, you just see what you see. Those who pass, you see You see the islands. You can see more detail. You can see that there's the river, this pat water comes in at one end. You can, in darkness, you can see that it travels out the other. It's it's a sea, but it seems to have an, a beginning and an end. And, uh, but... You, Captain Sugden, far in the distance, along the, sh the wall, curving around to your right, you do see there are some caves, and uh, resting in those caves, <clears throat> well, there's shotguns, at least two, just sort of standing there. Look, fellows, Look. regard those caves in the distance. Hmm. 
Are those not Shoggoths resting there that I see? <laughs> they sunbathing? Mother, yeah. they seem to be not moving right now. They're like they're like lions on the hunt. They stay silent and and, and sentient until they sentient until they probably a bird wanders close to them and then they have a little snack. Could could it be that? No, no, that's too far fetched. Surely, you you don't suppose that they're farming the penguins? Well, it's possible. I mean, ants farm aphids. Yeah, it's very much. It, it 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 does remind me of you know animals that that hunt herd animals. I don't feel any safe in letting them all the way down that. After what you said about them possibly being able to climb walls. There's there's things about them that just don't make any sense. If these creatures are ancient, then why would they need to eat? I mean, I know everything needs to eat, but then everything also needs to defecate, and everything needs to respirate, and these Shoggoth things don't seem to have to have to do any of those things if they don't want to. Hmm. They have a metabolism, or do they? Well, we haven't seen the shoggoths eating. We haven't seen them do anything. Yeah, that's true. Maybe the penguins are meant to feed the other things. Well, I, I'm doubting more and more that we're we're going to encounter any elder things. I think that there are species long since gone the way of the dodo. Granted, there were a few of them left, but they all got their heads ripped off by the shoggoths once they got here. We've seen tracks, though. Yeah, those are the ones that came back to life. But the the Dyer manuscript says that they encountered uh, elder things with their heads torn off. So probably the same ones that left the, the late camp arrived here heard the Tekalili, thought, well, there's our family, and they walked downstairs, down the ramp, and the Shargoths killed them immediately. And that's the last of them. Okay. That's my guess. That's my guess. This is a vast city. There could be a whole country of elder things on the other end of this that we, does, we haven't even does, got does to. Does this passage end at, the, at this um, ledge? Or does it carry on going underground? This is just a ledge, and you see no pathways going down. You see nothing. You do know that the Shoggoths, based on what you've seen of them, they probably can climb fairly sheer surfaces. Right. So um, they have no need for pathways necessarily, whereas so, the other things. So then does it seem to us like this is not an elder thing passage. This is a, a passage made by the Shoggoths. You said it doesn't With have size wise. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a relatively unsophisticated passageway after a certain point. And the size of the cavern you travel down 
was not elder thing sized it was big old shoggoth sized this, this 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 could be like um perhaps where um i don't know what you'd call it these like are shoggoth uh, panels shoggoth kennel yeah i think we need to I think we need to go back the other way. If we're in Shoggoth tunnels that they travel, if a Shoggoth comes up from the other direction, from behind us, we're screwed. We have nowhere to run. I was under the impression it would take forever. I thought we were just coming down a straight tunnel. Are there it side? was a straight tunnel, but it got rough after a while. And there were little side, like, crevices and such as you got into limestone but it's always been a fairly large tunnel okay so not big passageways going off to the sides no they're small water worn areas where water had okay. infiltrated okay so there's not much of a chance of it coming up behind us but what about we... can we see plant life yes like what what's creating that organic smell the organic smell comes from the water, whatever's living in the water, the guano, and uh, moss, lichen, that kind of stuff okay. down by the water. So plant plants, but it's a rudimentary ecosystem. I like Any... thug density. It sounds awesome. Where Alf, the, the sacred river ran through caverns measureless to man, down to the Sugden Sea. <laughs> practically poetic. Well, I think that we've reached a dead end here. Let's go back. I want to see the other things that you were talking about. Oh. What, what other things? The, the historic murals. Well, you, I don't know how much oxygen you brought with you, but um, you're, you're three hours in right now. You're going to be three hours back. Oh, wow. I realize it was that far down. All right. Well, two and a half, say two and a half. So it's still, it's, it's a long track. Okay. We'll go back then. I think we need to go back then. Once again, we'll be exhausted by the time we get out. Now we got to walk uphill for two and a half hours. So I'm trying to commit time, time. So it's it's getting close to nine o'clock. I mean, granted, you slept for a while, so it's not you're not, and the sun is out. You're, it's not like you're deathly asleep at middle of the night. So, okay. So you all again, you leave, you head back up. <clears throat> other than the time passage, it's uneventful. Okay. It's an empty passage. You're back up to where you were. <clears throat> uh, Mr. Starkweather is back at the camp. And he says, oh, tell me what you've seen. Tell me, tell me of your adventures. And I, you, I'm sure you just relay everything you've seen so far. And he's very excited mm -hmm. to hear about Shoggoth death. And he's looking at the sample bottles. And uh, Moore says to him, don't drop them, you fool. Because I'm not a fool. I'm not as klutzy as you think I am. And they, they laugh. He's, he's very excited about the things he's seen and done. So it's, it's, it's close to 8, 8 30, 9 o'clock at night. Um, no, actually, no, it's probably later than that. Yeah, it's 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 actually later than that. So you, you're getting it's it's evening now, but though, though you have slept, um, Elmer is certainly tired uh, because of he's been awake all this time. But the rest of you have slept. Um, 
so anyway, you're back at the camp. Um, but on the way, uh, uh, see, could you make a spot hidden, Dr. Lindenbrook? Yeah, come on, not a 90. Oh, 14. That passed. You find two things. You find more of those coins that the others have found so far. Coins? Those little five-sided objects. They, upon reflection, you look at it. We didn't tell them about those. <laughs> oh, you didn't tell? Well, you no. find these five-sided objects, but as you look closely, it looks like they were star-shaped at one time, but the edges have been worn away. Okay. And they're varying sizes, fairly thick, like a... <clears throat> they weigh up to a quarter pound each, some of the larger ones. Do they Probably feel like stone, or are they metal? Stone. Stone. So more and little... The best, yeah, coins is what you best think they look like. Yeah. Like money. I wonder if this is their money. Seems kind of impractical. Could you imagine a pocket full of this? Um, all right. You do find a second thing, though. Um, while you're looking at the coins, you look to your right, and in one of those areas that is the, um, the uh, what you would call it, the, uh, the, the little limestone cavern, a little tiny one off right. to the side, dark interior niche, uh, there's a bundle of fabric. And you put use something to pull it out, and it's a an old tent canvas, tan oilcloth, um, stained woolen red knit from a union suit, uh, poorly preserved husky pelt, greasy sealskins, other bits of material. I mean, this is like another one of those tarps to cover an elder thing with. What in the world, gentlemen? Is this? Is this another elder thing cloak made out of materials they got from the lake camp? Is it folded up or is it uh, stuffed, stuffed, stuffed into a crevice? Yep. Well, I try and pull it out and see if we can sort of open it and see if it's in that same sort of a shape. It is, and it smells bad. I mean, from the husky and seal skins, they they weren't. It's not like they were tanned or anything. They were just stripped and made into this right. cloth. Acrid. A horrible smell. Yep. The uh, the elder things are susceptible to the cold as well. They're not used to it. I guess they this was where they were supposed to be. This warm sea down here. They may do. It's it's kind of amazing how different they are than us, and yet how similar they are to us. You know that that one of the pictures I saw in that that room, the elder things were flying in space. So they flying, flying in space. Yeah, that's how they got here to Earth. There's there's no air in space. Uh, there's no air, but it, what I was going to say is it's cold. So yeah, there's, there's no pressure. Just because we found this, I wouldn't necessarily think that they need to. Well, they, maybe I think it was. What, what I'm saying is they can survive, I think, in any climate. I'd like to see it, but maybe they, maybe it's an iconographic representation of something, you know, of them arriving. Maybe they had, it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling what you're saying. They came from another planet. What other planets are there? Like Saturn, maybe they came from Saturn or Jupiter. Wow. Planet X. 
Planet X. Hmm. Well, this is amazing, but uh, I'm not going to bring this with us. Ugh. It does smell. <laughs> well, we've seen it. We know what it is. Mm -hmm. So some of those things came this way. You are most of the way to the surface by the time you find this, just so you know. How about tracks? Do we see any tracks? No. Did no, we see any mounds in the... In any mounds that might have indicated a buried elder thing? Not in this passageway, no. Okay. There's nothing. Nothing in this passageway. Strange. Well... Are we almost to the surface again? Yes, you're at the surface now. All right. Well, how much farther did you say that the mural room was? The history room. It's quite quite close. Yeah, it's right over there. Right around the corner. Gentlemen, take... are you still up for a little bit more adventure before we head back? Yeah. How's the oxygen? Here, you've got a little bit more left, William. You brought some extra tanks with you. Okay. So we'll go over and look at the mural room. All right. Architecture, this is quite different than the other buildings, isn't it? It is. seems like special purpose. All right. All right. You're at the mural room. Um, the upper the upper area as describing you I'm sure assuming you use the same window to get in right. again it is a uh, it's essentially it looks like a concert hall it's the best way to describe it <clears throat> um, you there's murals there's rows of murals uh, showing elder things doing religious or singing you don't quite know uh, however the, uh, the the lower level as described which is you, know, you can wander anywhere you want it, it's it, it's the one that shows the history, what you assume is the history of the of the elder things. Well, and they exactly seem, as described. They seem to have a strong predilection for history, don't they? Hmm. They just keep muralizing everything with everything that every day to day little mundane thing. Like, what's that one doing there? Is that a sort of a pot that he's holding in his hand, or? How very strange. They're proud of their history, I guess. Looks like they can, they can fly. That doesn't seem possible. Look at the, I mean... The thing weighed a considerable amount. How could it fly with those flimsy, fin-like structures? That just doesn't I think I need to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. You're especially interested in the... Uh... There's a map of the solar system that I hadn't mentioned before as you're looking at the maps of the Earth. And it shows another planet beyond Neptune and another shrouded orb beyond it, beyond Pluto. Beyond, well, it shows this planet beyond Neptune, which you don't know the name of, of course. 
newly discovered Pluto, I guess it is, it is at the time newly discovered. But if you go farther, there's something else past that. You don't know what that is. Like another planet even farther. Shows multiple planets. Like I said, Planet X. How is it making this up? Planet of the Cybermen. Well, is that they, but they are saying they were here when earth was different than it is now, all the continents, you see them squishing together into one and you see what they're implying that they helped start life on earth. Yeah. But what is this strange map? I mean, the continents don't float. That doesn't make any sense at all. Hmm. I'm 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 almost mind boggled at this point. It's, it's too it much to take in. Isn't my preserve? I don't. I don't really understand what I'm looking at. I think there's a few crackpot theories out there that the continents move, but they're crackpot theories. How could a continent move? Uh, exactly. It's preposterous. But nevertheless, they have a map here that looks like that looks like South America and Africa pushed up next to each other. This is this is gonna take a hundred years for us to decipher what all this stuff means. You do get the idea that maybe you should send uh, Sykes in here with a camera tomorrow to photograph everything. Yeah. Well, I'm more than exhausted at this point. Shall we go back to the the camp? I can okay. see why Moore ran around here. And then forgot to put on his, uh, you know, survival gear. We've still not seen anything hiding your hair of the other plane, have we? Not a thing. No, nope, nothing. This is getting a little bit troubling. You'd think that if they'd have crashed, it'd have been at least smoke. In these mountains. Might not be able to see it. The wind might blow it the other direction. What if they landed in the riverbed? Would we have seen them? You might have heard them. But we didn't. We didn't hear anything. No. I'm not sure that we could see because there's tall buildings all around us. I assume that that's what it's like, right? That's true. We, that's we're true. like in the middle of New York City. There's tall buildings all around us. Yeah. It's very quiet but you would have probably heard them if they had landed. Well, then again, they may have landed before you, you think. Yeah, they so, were ahead of us. Mm -hmm. You may not have heard them. That's what I meant. Like, if, if they were ahead of us and they landed in the riverbed, we might never see them. That's true. Or they could just even have landed, like, in a different part of the city and just be behind the building that we can't see. It's possible. This, all these structures would definitely deaden the sound of any kind of airplane landing all these angles and 
so forth. Well, I need to head back to camp because I'm very tired now. All right. Anybody else doing that or something different? I guess that's, you're all that's been, that's been a long track. <laughs> camp. Resting sounds good. All right. Then you are back to camp. It is um, uh, evening. There is still some food available for you if you wish a snack before bed. Some basic, you know, warm it up yourself kind of food. And of course, you have to take turns sleeping in the tent. So not everybody can go in at once. Um, so you, you go through your shifts. You go through eat, you eat you food. Eat you some food. You rest. Um, you take your turn in the oxygen tents. And the next morning rolls around. And uh, it's it's the wailing sound from above in the peaks is gone. Like even though the wind had caught down, there was still the jet stream was still driving itself through the peaks above you, it's gone. Uh, temperature is still very cold, only a few degrees warmer than yesterday. Uh, dark weather, he eagerly talks about, we, we should move the camp to a more exciting location. But then somebody said, it, it talks to him about how much oxygen is actually left. And, and he realizes, damn, that's right. And Professor Moore advises the investigators, you guys, of course, that uh, you should release a pilot balloon to ensure the winds are truly gone to or somebody just get somebody to do that at some point today because we before we fly out of here we want to make sure that we're not going to get caught some some drafty I'll, I'll do it that's my job perfect perfect um now dr green has said that professor moore has to stay camp for the day because he's he's still painful blisters all over his face have risen in his hands um a flight crew speaks to Moore for a while, and uh, then he, he calls everyone else in and says, ladies and gentlemen, this is our last day on the plateau. We will leave in 24 hours. So finish your explorations, include your projects today. All specimens have to be packed for shipment and stowed in place tonight. There will be no shortage of room as we have used up a fair amount of fuel and supplies. I have no plans to move the aircraft today. There's no way of knowing whether the winds might not return in the next few hours. And in that case, we still need all of our fuel. However, if we're able to leave tomorrow, I've asked Mr. Stark whether for permission to spend an hour or two circling over the city in search of our missing fellows in the bell. Their disappearance concerns me greatly. I'm sure each of you feel the same. If they're in trouble, it's our duty to find them and give them what aid we can be without endangering ourselves, of course. Do too much. Uh, the remainder of the day, explore, experiment. This is the last chance to see any of the things in this, uh, that are in this city for now. Um, so please... Uh, Wander off, enjoy. Um, Mr. Starkweather, he, he lets you know that he's going west today in search of new photo opportunities. And Dr. Green is off wandering again after he ensures that Mr. Moore is not going, Professor Moore is not going to leave the camp. Are there any structures that are large and interesting that we can see from here that make would make a good thing to head towards? You know, a, a tower or a pinnacle or or something that looks interesting that's on the map? <laughs> well, you certainly have, people have given information um, on what has been seen so far. That's why you've got the, the map with some dots and some little quick descriptions of what there is. Um, like 20, 21, 22, those are all yeah. seem to be in a cluster. Yeah, if, over in that general area, 20 is an impressive tower. Um, there's a spiral lamp around this, this shaft of light. That's all that the description says underneath. 
and many, many, many windows. Hmm. Uh, we side at 20. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm mixing up your numbering system here. You said 20, 21, 22. Let me check. Yeah. My Direct. Uh... Oh, oddly enough, it's the same number. And, and actually 11. Oh, well, sorry. What you're calling 21 is actually 20. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> That's what I described 21 to you there. Okay. <clears throat> uh, the other one you were talking about, uh, this other this other thing that's right next door to it, uh, that is um, a cylindrical tower, uh, curved ramps all tiled about 16 degrees, and stone pedestals, and um, that's it's, it's that's uh, all that's written down. Okay. What do you guys think? Well, I said explore. Sure. So we'll head in that direction. Sure. Looks like we'll see 22, or um, according to this map, 22, then 20, then 21. We'll walk right okay, between 20. 20 and 22. All right. Well, that's a different. Uh, okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, you go to what is uh, what on your map is you've numbered as 22. And I have to scan up because that's actually in a different location. Uh, that's again, um, there is a tunnel mouth. And you get close to it, you realize it's a, there's like a large squat pyramid there. And uh, the tunnel goes around this pyramid into the ground. Hmm. Does it look like a, a constructed tunnel, or does it look like a Shoggoth tunnel? Uh, you know, rough, kind of rough. It's a little rough, but I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily look as large as the Shoggoth tunnels. But the pyramid any, itself is any dark sign base of any luminescence? No. I think... I think that we've done enough exploring going downwards. Let's look at some of these towers, you know, and see if there's anything in them. Maybe get a good look from the city from the top of that tower over there. All right, the first um, the first tower we were talking about. Um, and so there's a cylindrical, I guess, decadent era tower. So it's like a more one of the more modern, well crafted towers. Um, there's curved ramps, all tiled about 16 degrees south, and stone pedestals, as I described. Uh, when you get up top to these pedestals, um, there's fittings in the concrete where something something was in these holding holes. Like these, you'd see a number of holes. Something mechanical or something was sat in these things. Hmm. We saw murals that seemed to indicate, didn't we see murals that seemed to indicate that they had some sort of flying machines or I forget if we saw some. Well, the murals, like that. no, you didn't see that. Okay. I'm imagining it. <laughs> I keep thinking of dirigibles, how you go up in the tower and there's a, you know, that's where they moor the dirigible. And Does anybody have a, uh, any, Astronomy. 
Um, no. Well, I, I don't. Would you consider navigation? I mean, as a pilot, yeah. I would. Yeah. I, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Navigation as a pilot, you out. You you also first study navigation for shipbound navigation as well. Uh, this looks like the way these pedestals are situated. They're observing points, observation points. And if, if you had something that was a little constructed different than you're used to, it's where you would set up a tripod of sorts. Hmm. But this, like the primitives, uh, primitive civilizations that uh, kept track of the sun, Stonehenge and mm -hmm. Anasazi temples and. Hmm. Uh, the thing that you find out is there's a large triangular stone blocking the view in one direction and it was placed there after this was in place it's uh, it's specifically it's 290 degrees true uh, north or west northwest rather and there's a strange symbol on it that you can't really make out it's like something was carved in there it was worn away or rubbed away hmm. but it, it's absolutely as Elmer's able to tell it's Exactly 290 degrees by the compass. What do you think about that, Elmer? Yeah, it's hard to tell because of the symbol is not there, but it seems strange they would set up a tripod and then put a giant rock here to block the vision. Two hundred nine degrees. Is that based on the north of the map that we that you gave us? Yes. So it's exactly north. Uh, no, north by northwest. North is well zero degrees. North would be zero. Two hundred ninety. If you like, it's just past uh, west, west northwest. Oh, so much information that that right that it's right on the verge of making some sort of dramatic sense, but uh, <laughs> we don't know what it all means. How big are these holes apart from one another? That big. Oh, apart from one another. I'm sorry. Um, I would say I'm currently looking at something that I know. It's uh, a good six feet apart. Okay. And you said it's a tripod, so that would be 3.3 3 triangles with six feet in between each? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, I use a tripod for my equipment, so that's the only thing you can figure is that they had some sort of a, an observational piece, something up here. But why would they be looking that direction? Um, well, you said the rocks. I was going to say I could set up my trap out here too, but would looking through my equipment show me anything on that rock or no? It's just been one away. Hey, well, you'd be looking right through the, through the rock. Yeah. How high up are we? 100 feet. Well, we could go on the other side of the rock. Is that possible? No. You can go somewhere else to see what's on the other side of the rock. Um, you can go down to the ground level and look up at it and 
Can, can we move to another window and look out and see if we can see? Oh, this is a walkway. This is like a walkway around the outside of the building. Oh, I see. So we can't move to the side either way and see if we can get to an angle where we can see what? Hmm. It would involve you climbing, free climbing on the outside of a rock about 100 feet above the ground. Does Does this rock look like it was part of the structure or that it was added later? It was something that was added after construction of the building. To block the view, what's in that direction? Um, in the city, um, that's that's something important. What's this thing blocking the view of? Could be a star. Could be, depending on what time of year it was, could be a sunset. Maybe it casts a shadow on the ground inside here on a certain day of the year. Yeah, possible. Might. There are a great many mysteries here that we will probably not be able to solve in the, in the time that we have, but very interesting. And you've been wandering for a, a few hours here gone to a few different buildings. You haven't gone very far. But as you're looking and you're talking about it, as you're wondering what's going on, you notice every, everyone make a listen roll. Everyone make a listen roll, please. Who passed that one? Nine. Oh, my ear Four. fell off. <laughs> 100. My ear fell off. <laughs> What's that frostbite? Fail. <laughs> those who make the pass you hear in the distance in the direction of the uh, because you're, you're sort of the way you're angled it's kind of difficult but in the direction of where you, you are your camp is you hear yelling oh no is there any way to see out the window in the direction of our camp uh, you can't see the camp because the building is partly in the way. Uh, I hear yelling. Do you guys hear yelling? Yes. Oh. Yes, I can hear it. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. We need to return to camp. We've been out here long enough. Anyway, we need more oxygen. Agreed. All right, you you return to camp. Yeah. Okay. You return to camp, and uh, everything seems like normal. Like the aircraft are there. Professor Moore is looking at your sample, still making notes. And what, what, we, what was all the noise about? Yeah, we heard what yelling. Was that? He says, "What was that? I uh, I didn't I didn't hear anything." We were we were in that tower way over there, and we mm -hmm. could hear noise coming from the camp. Uh, maybe ask the uh, the rest of the aircraft mechanic or the the other pilot. He's they're out there working getting the aircraft ready to go tomorrow. All right. Did any of you guys hear any noise, like uh, fifteen minutes ago? I heard. It. Well, what, one oh, okay. the one fellow says, yeah, I, Halpernan or whatever. He says, uh, yeah, I, I heard a yell, but I didn't know what it was. I just I looked out, didn't see anything. 
listened again, didn't see anything, went and went about my business. I'm, I'm going to go check on. I'm going to go check on Gregory. He's there. You saw him when you were in talking to Professor Moore. Oh. All right. So somebody yelled, but we don't know who yelled. All right. Well, we need to find out who's uh, who's not in the camp at the moment. Right. Who's off exploring? Well, you know that uh, Professor Moore, or sorry, Professor Mr. Starkweather's off exploring. Dr. Green is off exploring, and uh, Sykes is with uh, Mr. Starkweather. Did they leave any any word of, of uh, whereabouts they were going? No, that would follow basic safety protocol. Huh. Well, I suppose that means we just wait here and find out who's not coming back. What else can we do? Well, if we're going to wait, we'd be better served waiting in the oxygen tent. Well, if if we heard them yell, they should be able to hear us yell. So if we yell, maybe we can get a response. It's worth a try. Okay. So I'll start screaming at the top of my lungs. Hello. Well, the, the aircraft mechanics and the other people who are still around are looking at you, wondering what you're doing. Uh, I'll wait, tell you. Not you, not you. <laughs> but you don't hear anything else. Nothing. There's no response. Hmm. We're in the southern hemisphere. Can we try a traditional cooey? <laughs> Any kind of yelling you want, and you hear nothing. You said the airplane guy heard it too? They did hear someone yelling, yes. Can we ask them what direction? Yeah. They, they say, they point, you know generally to we, 90 degrees to where you came from. Should we head out and look? Maybe um, uh, I'm uh, in trouble. Let's get some more oxygen. I, I put my hand on Sugden's shoulder and I'm like, uh, if the Shoggoths can imitate the sounds of the elder things and they heard us making noise, maybe they can imitate our noises. I was wondering the very same thing. But they're down below and we're up on the surface. Yeah. And more could be in trouble. Moore's in his tent with, uh, we were just oh, there. I thought Moore was the one out investigating. So no, who's out? No, Starkweather's Stark out. Starkweather, Sykes, and, uh, and um, uh, Dr. Green are off wandering. Well, I'm going to head in the direction that the pilots pointed out. Right. Okay. It is 11.07 or 8.07. Tom, do you want to lock it up for the night there? Sure. you want to stop there? That sounds good. Leave us with that uh, little bit of a cliffhanger. All right. Our players included Jeff Bryant, Greg Malcolm, Mick Swan, Jeff Wilkins, and myself with Sean Little as Keeper of the Secrets, our musical intro, Sleight of Hand, was composed by James Brett and is used with his permission. We are currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. 
We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. Patrons of our show can now enjoy recordings of our pre- and post-game conversations. Some of the funniest and most interesting stuff occurs before and after the show. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month will help us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows, and leave us some comments. We love hearing from you. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Thank you.